about to catch the news just in the nick of time with Nick Nolte. You know, you got those debates that happen. Donald Trump there said, look at Carly Fiorina's face. Insulting her face. He was insulting her face. He was insulting her face. That was news in the nick of time with Nick Nolte. You found yourself at the junction where worlds meet. Politics. Civility? How about honesty in this country, folks? Entertainment. I don't like entertainment. And a whole bunch of other stuff. It's about having a healthy body image. You have a very unhealthy body. You should have a horrible body image. Not a big home improvement market in Detroit. <laughs> we are definitely going to get letters. You're listening to Talk Radio's Strangest Animal. You're getting louder with Crowder. But you're a strange animal. I got to follow. Oh, I'm in the speedy to Oh, my. It is that time of the week again, fellas and gals. So glad to be with you. I am your host, as always, Stephen Crowder, louder with Crowder. In me, producing in studio, uh, as always, is. Gay Jared, did you just you just said in me? That, no, no, don't don't derail this right away so quickly, Jared. You can follow him on Twitter at not, not gay. You can say because it. he's not gay. Not gay, Jared. Because legally, I'm not gay. we fulfilled all our obligations. Not you follow him and you make your own decisions. So sorry, you're ruined. Busy, <laughs> ruined. It's ruined. I say ruined. You get people who all of a sudden switch words that way. Yeah, I do that all the time. Yeah, with the I just realized we don't have the shock mount on this microphone. If I move, it's going to sound like the Titanic going down. It will, which is an absolute horror story for men, and it's just a vacation story for women. <laughs> Speaking of Titanic debates this week, what a segue! By the way, Matt Eisman of American Ninja Warrior is going to be on the show. Uh, a lot. Some people listening, maybe maybe they're at our wonderful home station, Wham, or in Alaska, may not necessarily know American Ninja Warrior, most popular game show of the summer on NBC runaway hit and historic historic moment where for the first time someone made it to the end to climb to win the million dollars it's so hard no one makes it through this game show so finally you make it to the end if you can make it to the end and climb this mountain this kind of wall climb you make a million dollars so it happened on national television and his family was celebrating million dollars they're through the roof excited and then there was one other guy it's never happened before who made it to the top like 0.4 seconds faster so uh, he was a millionaire that's for like a bummer. A millionaire for four minutes. It's so it's been a story that's just everywhere. And Matt Eisman, maybe not necessarily out of the closet, but maybe maybe leaned a little bit to the right there. He seemed like a reasonable guy, and he was a fan of the show and wanted to come on. So we have him on. Uh, surprise guest. We've got some games coming up for you. We've got a lot of debate commentary. Let's lead with the debate commentary. You know, this is kind of the beauty of having a once a week show. We don't have to sit there and lie to people because we go, what are, the, what are the ratings saying? What do we need to say about the debates, right? So Donald Trump went online and right away says, every single poll has me winning at a landslide. Whether you liked Donald Trump or not, whether you thought he won or not, not every single poll has him winning in a landslide. That's just not true. Uh, the Drudge one does. That's no surprise. Uh, the Breitbart one maybe does. That's no surprise. But when you look at polls coming out nationally, 
Um, there's even one actually here in Michigan from M Live has Trump and Fiorina in a dead heat mm. at 22%. So for those of you who didn't watch the debates, we live tweeted them. You can find the clips up at uh, louderwithcrowder.com. And it was a walk-off. It wasn't even a challenge. It wasn't kind of, oh, it was a walk-off win for Carly Fiorina. Everyone agreed on that from CNN pundits to Fox News. Uh, if you look at um, the Facebook searches, you look at the social media interactions, it started with about 70% Donald Trump. Fiorina was toward the bottom. And by the end of it, uh, it was about 64% Fiorina and Trump was toward the bottom. So people who hadn't been yet introduced to her are impressed with her. Now I know some of you are going to go, she's a Fiorina. She's a Fiorino. She's a Muslim. You're endorsing Fiorino. You're, you're, you're endorsing Fiorino. You're stupid. This isn't the show for you. Listen, I've been open about the fact that I could vote in good conscience, clear conscience. Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, Ben Carson, Carly Fiorina. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else up there. I could vote for Huckabee. I could vote for Santorum. You know, people, of course, Santorum and Huckabee. I could vote for them in clear conscience. There's the other guy. That other. Jack. J Jimmy. Joey. J Joey. Jeff. Jeff? Jeff. Jeff Krochik. Jeff Krochik. That's him. Jeff Cratchit. That is Jeff John Kasich. That's what you're saying. The guy, yeah, John Kasich. I don't even know why he's there. That's uh, one. That's one of those. Come on, man. I don't. I come don't. On. Funny enough, Trump. I don't think he really went after him at all because even he was kind of below his even insults. Yeah, Rand Paul was kind of the the brunt of all that. Well, here's what I find. So I can vote for all of them in clear conscience. So a lot of people go, "You're shilling for Fiorano." Okay, <clears throat> it's true. She's the only one we've had on the show. Absolutely true. But why? I've extended invitations. Crystal, our wonderful producer who helps book guests, has extended invitations to all of them. She's the only one who agreed <clears throat> to come on the program. No talking points, long form. There's that 45-minute interview. If you miss it on the show, it's up on the website, uh, ladderwithcredit.com. We have it up on YouTube. It's all free. Everything we do is free. So she was the only one. Everyone else didn't either answer back or they want to stick to talking points. They think it's a liability. Carly Fiorina's people were the only people who said, sure. I said, are you, are you insane people? You sure you want to come on this program? Have you seen what we do? <laughs> Have you seen what we do? No talking points. Absolutely. So someone even, a lot of people are even saying now what I find funny is they're saying about Fiorina after the debates, this is the first time she's had to answer <clears throat> as far as her tenure at HP. I said, well, no, that's not true. I point blank asked her here on this program, your tenure at HP wasn't all that impressive. How do you answer your critics? And she answered. So this wasn't a new answer to anyone who's actually listened to Fiorina, who's listened to this program. We've asked these questions for a long time, and she answered them on a main stage. Um, so this was a really a big coming out party for her. And if you go back through the archives about, I think, eight, nine weeks ago, my prediction was, and I don't make a lot of political predictions, okay? I'm not Dick Morris, though I'm batting two for two, and Dick Morris gets them all wrong. And unless it's a, your size shoe, he can pick out your, the, the size of your feet really quickly just by looking at him. He has a lot of experience with that. But when it comes to political predictions, people who make them for a living, they have to keep making them. I don't. But I did make this prediction. I said, Donald Trump is going to start bleeding out by self-inflicted wounds the death blows are going to be delivered by Carly Fiorina once they get on stage together. Once they're on the same stage, then it's undeniable. The contrast will be very, very stark. And that's what happened last night. Uh, 
she could have been, I think she could have smiled a little more. You don't want, you know, Hillary Clinton is just such a cold, hard, you know what, that uh, you don't want to come across that way. Uh, I think what it was was she had to be in honey badger attack mode because she was fighting for stage time. But that, that really is what happened. It was Carly Fiorina's night. And I think a lot of people were introduced to her. A lot of people now like her. And uh, listen, you don't have to like her. A lot of people, though, what's bizarre to me, I hear this on AM radio. I heard Mark Levin say this on his Facebook. And God love him, but he's just so wrong so often on these things. He's right about a lot of things. He's wrong about this. And it's echoed everywhere. Fiorina is the establishment candidate, of course. Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. She's the establishment candidate for which she's never held office? Do you mean the establishment Republican Party? Or, wait, hold on a second. Do you mean she's the establishment candidate for the media that put her on the second stage? And she had to personally personally, uh, uh, protest and lobby to get even put on the stage? She's the establishment candidate for the people who didn't even want to have her on their shows, who didn't even give her equal time with questions? Come on. That's the whole thing. Now, what it is is if you're not pro-Trump, it's establishment candidate. It's this blanket term for, I'm sorry, the low-information Republican voters. There are those, too. We have to be honest. Of course, there are far more on the left. There are low-information Republican voters. Matter of fact, there are, more, there are more Republican voters who believe that Barack Obama was born outside of the U.S. than believe Ted Cruz, who was born in Canada. And I know Stalker Jim's going to say that Ted Cruz is not eligible. Of course he's eligible. Um, that's not even an issue we need to get into. It's, not, it's why I've never argued the birther argument, whether Barack Obama was born in the States or not. Of course, I believe he was born in Hawaii. But there are low-information voters on both sides. And if someone is telling you Fiorina is the establishment candidate, they're betting on you being a low-information voter. Now, I've told you, listen, Ted Cruz, you're welcome to come on Louder with Crowder. Marco Rubio, you're welcome to come on Louder with Crowder. Uh, ben Carson, you're welcome to come on Louder with Crowder. No talking points. I ask what I want, what I want, and you answer. Just like an open forum. That's the only way we do it here. We don't need politicians on all the time. Remember when, oh, you weren't with the program yet, when Newt Gingrich was, like, lobbying to get on the show. Oh, I wasn't. Yeah, that, that was back was when Fundit was still, yeah, producing. Yeah, so we said yes. We said no. And then we were like, okay, yeah. And then he missed the hit. So then they were trying to reschedule, and I just said no. No. What's Newt Gingrich? Was he, well, well, then, and then, and then they, they couldn't believe it. They just couldn't believe, like it was, it was dumbfounding. So I'm like, well, why wouldn't you want him? First off, we didn't want him in the first place. You came to us <laughs> and then you missed your hit. Like I was trying to find questions to make you sound interesting. And it, it's just the realm of, so we don't need politicians on this program. I and mean, we've got the host of the biggest game show today. He's not a politician, but give him a chance. He doesn't necessarily have to talk about politics. We'll be talking about the debates for the rest of the day. Hillary Clinton's lies uh, on CNN. We'll, we'll give you an analysis here coming up about the other candidates. I thought Ben Carson did well. The thing about Ben Carson, though, is he's so sloth-like in his delivery. It's very difficult. Like somewhere there's an empty bottle of Xanax. You have know, a funny thing about Ben Carson I found out yesterday. This is interesting to pretty much no one but myself. But one of my friends... So as talk a, about it on as, the radio. Let's as, ensure they exactly. shut off the dial. As a five-year-old, my, one of my friends, I didn't know, brain surgery by Dr. Carson. By Dr. Carson? By Dr. Carson. Is that, is that your retarded friend? He's doing better these days. He's getting by. Walks around with a leather helmet. <laughs> He's playing football in the 1920s. Um, anyway, no, Ben Carson did well. I think people like that he's positive. People like he came across positively. He, he was the only guy up there laughing. But it's always a real struggle for him to finish a phrase. 
you're hearing him, you're going, come on, Ben, you can get to the end of it. And I think it's proof that sometimes someone can be really, really brilliant in one area and just not a super effective communicator. Ted Cruz is another example, probably the smartest guy in the room. We'll talk about Ted Cruz effort because I really like Ted Cruz, but I've also said I, I don't think he has a shot. Let me explain to you why. Lauder with Crowder after this. Jared, what are you doing? Shoot baggage. With what? AR-15. Where'd you get it? AR-15.com. Oh, there's another one. You got him. Yeah. Thank God for AR-15.com. They have AR-15 and accessories for sale and the best advice there is on the web. Oh, no, there's another one. You got him. Yeah. With your what? AR-15. From where? AR-15.com. That's the best place to go, and that's the takeaway because this commercial's about to stop. Always glad to come back to some Hey Ya, to some Outcast, to some Andre 5000, 2000. I don't know. I need to check my Super Soaker references. Do we have, uh, Gay Jared, do we have a... Uh, I think we have a short clip we can play. Okay, so one, one second. Let me set this up. So we're going through the candidates here from the debates, and we have a full analysis up with GIFs at LadderWithCredder.com. Of course, just real quick analysis. Jeb Bush, uh, you're out. Now we'll go to Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz, I like the guy. Here's why he can't win. Go ahead, Russell, on that clip. The reason Khamenei refers to Israel as the little Satan and America as the great Satan in the middle of negotiating this treaty, Khamenei led the assembled masses in chanting death to America. I'm reminded of a great editorial cartoon. It shows the Ayatollah Khamenei saying death to all Americans. So he's always reminded and of something. And then it shows John Kerry coming back saying, can we meet you halfway? Okay, that's good. He's always reminded of something that takes him to story, that takes him to something that seems prefab. And here's the thing. Ted Cruz is brilliant in a debate. He's great on his feet. And he's a guy with a lot of character. He's a guy who, you know, stood for the government shutdown. Um, he's a guy who has stood on principle. He's not really popular with anyone in the political class. So he's the least politician-like. But he comes across the most politician-like. Mm -hmm. I mean, you mentioned that, Gay Jerry, because you're, you're not, you know, for, full disclosure— you know, Gidjard wasn't really involved in politics before this program. So he comes in as, you know, a new set of or eyes men. and ears. What was that? Or men. Yeah. As a new set of eyes and ears uh, that maybe if you're listening and you're involved and you're sort of a political hobbyist, you may be too close to the forest to see the trees. Sometimes we're too close to the trees to see the forest. I don't know. It's not a sexual innuendo, so I don't understand it as well. <laughs> but you said you felt that way when you first saw Ted Cruz. You're like, I don't know this guy, but he comes across really phony. Yeah, if you... Not knowing much, you know, originally about what he stood for, his principles, you, he comes across sneakier because he comes across so politician-y. Yeah, he does. <clears throat> and conservatives just turn a blind eye to it. You know, and it's like, you know, people are going to get mad here. Or you're bash I'm not bashing conservatives. I've said I like Ted Cruz. I've spent time with Ted Cruz. But that matters. And first off, he, he comes across as weak. He comes across as super, super weak. Not as weak as Rand Paul. We'll get to him in a second. But it comes across as weak and it comes across, unfortunately, as a little disingenuous. Mm -hmm. And people mm -hmm. don't like hearing that. He's the most, I get it. He probably is the most genuine guy on that stage. 
but it comes across as disingenuous. When someone asks you a question, okay, and you're not answering the question, but you turn into the camera, and I'm going to talk about an anecdote and a personal story that comes back to the Constitution because it's such a good feeling. To know you're alive, it's such a happy feeling. I'm growing inside, and when Ted Cruz wakes up ready to say, I think I'll make a snappy new day. So we went from Ted Cruz to to Mr. Rogers to Ethel Merman. Makes sense. <laughs> kind of like Bernie, Bernie Sanders goes to Bernie Sanders to Boston to Gilbert Godfrey, Bernie Sanders. Doesn't make sense, but it's just the way they, they progress. It, people don't like it. People don't like it, and they feel like you're jerking their chain. And so whether it's Ted Cruz himself or his handlers, and I know it's probably his handlers telling him, you're beautiful. That's the problem. They get these handlers around them, right, with these 450000 a year s- salaries. And they're like, you're beautiful, kid. No one can touch you. You're the best. You're the best. You have five-year-olds advising our yeah. <laughs> Oh, boy. And that's what happened with Ted Cruz. And conservatives don't want to call him on it because they're like, he's such a constitutionalist. Well, you know what? In a general, he'll get smoked. That's why. So that matters. He needs to fix that. Rubio, I know people don't like him because of the way he, he's addressed immigration, uh, came across really authoritative, came across the most presidential. Now, Carly Fiorina had some prefab answers too, but unlike Ted Cruz, came across a little more authoritatively. Rand Paul. Wussy with a capital, hmm. So let's just be honest. Everyone talks about, you know, you thought he was really going to stick to the issues and he really thought he'd be a constitutionalist. I liked Rand Paul. I still like Rand Paul. Uh, He didn't. He tried to get emotional with the whole, I know a woman whose daughter needs cannabis oil. He sounded like Mr. DuPont in uh, the Foxcatcher, Steve Carell's impression of the... (laughs) He did. And when Trump gets up there and his first thing, we'll talk about Trump later, his first comment was a personal insult. No, his first comment was to use the word brag specifically. Yeah, no, no. His first comment was, uh, frankly, I don't know why why Rand Paul's even up here. <laughs> the one percent dead last, okay? And then he said, not to be braggadocious, I don't want to brag, but I make a lot of money. I make a lot of money. Uh, so that was his first thing. His first thing was a personal insult. Everything was a personal insult, unless you're in the tank for Trump. He's an ass. But that personal insult, right? Boom, right over the bow to Rand Paul. If you're a man. That man needs to feel threatened, physically needs to feel uncomfortable calling you out that way on a stage. Of course, I'm not saying Rand Paul should lunge across and clothesline him. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is Rand Paul didn't, just like his dad, came across like a weak little man who couldn't grow a pair. Ironically, the only person up there with a pair was Carly Fiorina, who, you don't want to admit it, Trump fans, basically made Trump apologize. Him walking a comment back and saying that she's beautiful. That's the closest thing you get to a Trump apology. Because before, he was implying that she wasn't beautiful. And she didn't play the victim card. She moved on. So Rand Paul just uh, he got swatted down, and he took it. He took it. That's not a guy. And this is a guy who doesn't really believe in a super strong foreign policy. So if he's going to literally lay down and let uh, Donald Trump whisper sweet nothings in his ear while finding his happy place, it's not a guy you want running the country. So I think his campaign goes out not with a bang right now, but a whimper. And, uh, and I don't know. It's so, like, again, someone tell him, stop wearing the soccer mom jeans and, and cutting your hair so it looks like a, a toilet brush. <laughs> does, he, does he go in the barber say that? Give me the toilet brush. Give me the toilet brush. 
So, again, I'm offering you commentary that you won't hear from other conservatives because they like these people. They're fans of these people. That's not our job. Our job is to be honest. I like a lot of these people, but I'm not a fan. And uh, I'm not a super fan. I'm not a political hobbyist. Rand Paul, it was, it was embarrassing the way he was treated. Jeb Bush came across really weak as well. He had a couple of moments. But remember when Jeb Bush was the front runner and I once said, just accept that he's going to be the, the, the nominee? Yeah, Whatever happened yeah. there? Like, oh, he's going to be the guy. Just don't let anyone tell you who's going to be the guy. Just like you can't let anyone tell you right now, Fiorino's the rep- she's the establishment candidate. With who? What establishment? <laughs> it's just unreal to me. She didn't have the Clintons at her wedding. And there's Donald Trump. We'll, uh, we have to get to our interview here with Matt Eisman, American Ninja Warrior host. He'll be coming up after the break. And then we'll come back and give you a full analysis on the Trump. Lotter with Crowder. Stay tuned. You're listening to L- L- Louder with Crowder. Louder with Crowder. Louder with I'm Crowder. I'm gonna do the things that I wanna do. I ain't got a thing to prove to you. I ain't gonna wear the clothes that you like. I don't give a hoot about what you think. Everyone likes to dance to a happy song. All right, this one is different than a lot of guests that we have because uh, he's probably way more popular than so many of the guests we've had in these weird sort of niche subcultures. Certainly the imam who wanted to kill me. He's the host of the very popular show, American Ninja Warrior, one in which he can never compete because he looks like he's over a buck fifty. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Eisman, comedian, actor, host. Matt Eisman, thanks for being on, buddy. My pleasure, Stephen. I'm gla- is, you're absolutely right. I'm way over a buck fifty, and that's my excuse. Yes. Well, you're a big guy. I mean, I can't. I, I it's it's different in the realm of hosts. I notice you'll get hosts who are bigger, but in the realm of yeah. actors, it seems like you would be in the super heavyweight category. Totally. So I was on General Hospital back in like 2002, and I was a a thug, but I ended up having to get into a fight with one of the actors. I'm six four, like two thirty. Oh wow. And the guy was five nine. You know. And so they had to do the forced perspective where right. you know, it would look like we were face to face, but he was, you know, like two feet close to the camera and we're putting up our dudes yeah. talking to each other while, you know, he's two feet closer. Um, yeah, so that's that's why I haven't acted as much as I would like. That's my excuse. I can, well, yeah, exactly. Everyone else, well, I had that happen when I was in that this film to save a life. And uh, if you've ever done a fight, if you've been in like well, of course if you're in general hospital, you've done fight sequences. Did they put what they call the gator back on him? They put that on the guy. No, that was no. well. They did it with me, which was like um, I don't I don't know if it's Kevlar or what you call it, but it's like a gator back. It like protects his oh, back. Oh, like uh, like um, motorcycle guys, right? Kind of like that, yeah. yeah but you know, you can't really see it, and the whole thing was like we're supposed to pin him up against the locker. And so, a really good guy, actually, a friend. He'll be on the show, Randy Wayne, but he's a lot smaller than me. And when they had to make him out to be a high school basketball star. Oh. So, just, you know, it's just a tough thing to pull off. And so they put this gator back on him. And I remember I was doing it and uh, just kind of pushing him up against the locker. 
And they said, hey, so have you ever like wrestled or done some kind of, I said, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I do grappling. They go, oh, okay, yeah, that's why. Everything that you know about fighting, like do the opposite because you're trying to keep them in close. Right. Like, we want you to exaggerate it, expose yourself, right. and bring them around, and bring your fist up like this. So, um, yeah, we're just letting people in the little the land of make believe. But Ninja Warrior, before we get onto the kind of the comedy thing, which I know you started as a comic, um, Ninja Warrior is so popular as a summer show. Do you think Crazy. it's just because there must have been when that pitch meeting happened? There must have been a lot of people going, ah, that'll work for some little you know Japanese guys. It's not going to work in the states, and well, it's been successful. That's that's what happened. It started. It was on G Four, a network that no longer exists, but was very tech tech heavy. Yeah. It doesn't and exist it, anymore. It doesn't exist. So it was oh. a Japanese show called Sasuke, and they were airing episodes on G Four dubbed into English. And it became, and they called it Ninja Warrior. It became so popular there, they decided to do an American version. Mm. And I got brought in on season two. And it became their top-rated show. And then uh, Comcast owned G4. Comcast buys NBC. G4 and NBC become sister channels. They ended up putting a finale on NBC. It does well. We started splitting broadcasts. G4 ends up going away. NBC picks up the show. G4 becomes Esquire. Um, and then the show just transitioned to NBC last year entirely. And so for, for most people, they discovered it last year, you know. Oh, uh, man, I didn't even realize. I was watching it with my ex-girlfriend, I remember, when Nagano was the first guy to clown my... Yeah, so you watched the original. Yeah. Um, so, but most people don't know that. And it's funny, we still have lots of homages to it. And we'll, you know, we... We recreate Mount Midoriyama in Las Vegas. Not we quite the same to... amount of weeping, though, when they lose. Like, the oh. Japanese are like, Hawk oh, and believe! And they so just... we did Team USA versus Japan each of the past two years, and the Japanese got skunked. Just did awful. And all of their competitors cried. cried. <laughs> and, and as Americans, you know, you you there's a little bit of, you know, the machismo. But this sport, it really is such a supportive community. And, and I, I really looked at it differently where you realized – these guys were crying for shame. Like they felt they shamed their country. And in a way, it was really touching. It was touching to see how much it meant to them. But in doing so, then they brought actual shame. I know. By crying in the Americans' eyes. You know, it's well, like, but, but, but that's what's funny is I, I think this show is really different in that. I, I mean, this is the first year we've had a winner. In previous seasons, we never had oh, a winner. And that no guy got screwed too. I remember I felt so bad yeah. seeing it. Well, hold on. Let me bring in Gay J real quick. Did you ever watch the show? I did. I watched the the original, and I I don't know. If I've seen American. Well, what as happened? Much, this one, I'll but... let Matt explain. What happened? This last one. It was the first time you know they get to Mount the Mount Moriyama. What do you call it? Moria, Moriyama? Midoriyama. Midoriyama. Pat Morita. We'll call it Mount Pat Morita because <laughs> <laughs> it's a common name in Japan. Pat. Um. So this guy, first American to get up to it, right? Mm-hmm. And he climbs up, and he had like maybe a fraction of a second left, and his family celebrating, you know, a million bucks. He's the first one ever to do it. Then the next guy goes and beats him by like what, Matt? Three seconds. Three seconds. So wow. he thought he was gonna get up. Imagine that. His his wife's already picking out her new wardrobe. For eleven minutes they were millionaires. And then it went away. Um it was heartbreaking. But are you guys gonna give them something? Please tell me NBC's gonna do something so, for them. So this is what's going on on the internet is people <laughs> people are really upset. And it's interesting because in the context of the show, all the competitors, even though no one had ever made it to stage four, mm-hmm. we were always very clear that would that eventuality arise, um, this is how it would come down far, to whoever did it the fastest. We we didn't anticipate it. The competitors knew going into it. Right. And it was, you know, it's still doesn't make it any easier. And unfortunately, there, we are constrained somewhat by standards and practices where, you know, these are the rules set out and it's hard to then go back and reward someone. I, you know, I, I don't know what NBC will do. 
And to his credit, well, you're Jeff, making that NBC cash. You could throw him a couple of sandwiches. Believe me, this is the first year I've made NBC cash. It's been cable <laughs> up till this. As someone who did hosting for like MTV and uh, you back know, then, oh, it's, it's nothing. It's like you're getting like this. This was usually Vita coconut water was what I would get paid in a lot of the times. Um, so <laughs> was a stand-up Jim, comic too. One guy tried to pay me. I've told that story. Tried to pay me in Coke once. Yeah, that happens all the time. Coca Cola or the no the drug. Coke, Oh yeah, yeah Colombian well, gold. That's better. I, I mean, there, there were times in shows where a guy would be like, "Sorry, I didn't make enough money, so you're not getting paid." I'm like, "That's that's a you problem. That's <laughs> you got to pay me." Oh, it's awful. You I mean we're 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 really I, I, talent in quotes. We're bags of meat. That that's that's how they view us. Um, well, especially hosting so- gigs like game shows where it's not you know like Bill Maher is irreplaceable. But game shows. Whenever I did that, there was a show. Remember what pilot we shot. MTV was called Beat My Dad, and they were very clear that I was replaceable. <laughs> yeah. It's it's funny. I think that that's uh, – I've noticed on shows I've been on where it's like an abusive relationship where before your contract comes up or before a new season will come, they won't tell you you're getting picked up until like a week before. Yeah. So you start to panic. You're like, well, do I have a job? So then when they tell you, yeah, you're coming back, you're supposed to feel grateful instead of right. saying, I want more money. And it's always everyone pleads poverty, you know, that, that right, they're not yes. making any money. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because NBC, with the biggest show of the summer, doesn't have any money. It's, it, you know what, I, I, it's, it's crazy. I'm finally getting, getting a little bit of cash, which oh, is Oh, nice. yeah. Everyone I know now, I was talking with my dentist today, was talking about Ninja Warrior when I mentioned you were going to be on the program. Oh, that's great. Like, oh, I think he's cute. And I like kids love that show. And I was like, well, yeah, he's, he's a pretty cool looking guy. So I've got to, <laughs> I've got to put like, the. You Jay Jared saying that. Uh, well. Jared still makes the claim, but we, you know, the jury's still out. I let you follow him on Twitter and make your own conclusions. <laughs> it's, just, it's not gay. It's yeah. simple as that. And mic off. So, um, okay, Matt. So you were actually just out there doing uh, Anthony Cumia's show as a big free speech guy. How was that new studio? It's beautiful. He, I mean, there's a guy. It's amazing when you look at what he's done on his own. Because I, I love the O and A show, Opie and Anthony, when they were together, and one of the things they always talked about was how difficult it was for them to get serious to do anything, to add a video component, to upgrade their studio. Anthony loses his job, ends up having he had a studio in his basement, then converts it right. to this unbelievable high tech wonderland that's probably one of the better studios anywhere in terms of video and audio capability. Yeah. And then ends up creating, you know, I think he realized he was out in Long Island. He was having trouble getting guests to come out there. So he built a studio in Midtown um, that's, again, unbelievably nice. Well, and that's where the unions now, you know, well, you know, the actors unions, they try and step in, you know, a big part of the writer's strike to a sort of digital content. The kind of the thing that empowers the individual worker like Anthony, he was never going to work on radio again because he said something politically incorrect. But unions don't like if you can build a studio in your house and start creating your own content and monetizing it yourself. That's a big conflict a lot of people don't know about in the entertainment industry now. Um, it's tough to navigate. I mean, I've been in the actors' union because I had to since I was 12 years old. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing how much you can get done on your own. His studio would have cost, like, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, not that long ago. Yeah. Well, it's the barriers to entry have been lowered. The, the, the difficult thing is how do you stand out? Right. And, you know, that's why I always give anyone credit when, when people will, you know, make fun of some Vine purse creator or, right. or, or whatever, where they've got millions of followers. The thing is, whatever it is, it's not easy to get people's attention and to maintain it. So to right. people like you who've created your essentially your own brand 
And I found you online. I didn't know you were on terrestrial other than until I started hearing you on the Don't show. Don't admit it. We'll edit this. No, but it's, but it's, but I mean, it's, it's for, and the other thing I think is so many people consume content digitally now. Yeah. Um, that it's just much easier than to, to find it. Well, what was it? Gay Jared, what was it? Didn't you like pay for the wall street journal just cause you were trying to submit a story to me? And yeah. You, I was, you I, with the I newspaper was, every day at your door. You're like, 12, what am I going to do with this? 12 bucks for 12 weeks. I'm like, I just want to see the rest of the story. Cause you know, it's a subscriber. And next thing <laughs> I know every dang day I get what well, my wife is flipping out. That I just have so many newspapers just stacking up and stacking up. I'm like, I have nothing to do with these. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't. There's not enough cat poop in the house so quickly. to use them. Well, you know what, though? And that's one thing. Regardless of where anyone lines up politically, I can tell that you're more of an independent sort of anti-authority. Because when you talk about that, there is this puritanical mindset in stand-up, Matt, where it's like, well, they're not a real comedian unless they're doing stand-up every night. Well, it's just an evolution of comedy. I mean, stand-up didn't come along. It was just sketch before that. You know, it was vaudeville. It's a new development, and you have these kids who we've talked about this um, on the program. Stand up, you can't do in your bedroom, right? You had to have an audience. Right. Well, now they're doing it in their bedroom, and their bedroom mm-hmm. is the audience. And you have a lot of stand up comedians who don't like that. They feel like it's a shortcut. It's just a different way. And even as someone who just did stand up, YouTube didn't exist when I started. I gotta respect their game doing that. I, I totally do too. I think it's the, it's the same process largely in that you know you're you're finding. You know, I, I think everything with stand up even though it's different with how you'll develop material versus people who are just generating a lot of material, I think it's the same process in that you're really trying to find your voice, your point of view. And I think that's what the best people do. That's what people respond to when someone finds something that resonates with their personality and the audience. And however you do it, I have tremendous respect for that. And I started out, same thing, kind of in the clubs, a much more traditional model. And there was this very much, like you said, if you're not out on the road, if you're not doing it, you're not really a comic. And, the, you know, what we've seen, too, is it's just the money in stand-up is, is, has not increased. And I think that you're just being a traditional stand-up, you know, unless you're Bill Burr or Brian Regan or someone who's selling out theaters. Um, and, I mean, Burr, even Burr, I think, really, he got his boost from his podcast and other digital mediums. I, yeah. I think Regan is one of the few guys I think of who's a pure stand-up comic who's done it just through stand-up. Um, he that, writes so much. You know, a lot of people don't give him credit because of his character. Like, it's stupid. I'm going, well, first oh. off, it's it's very cerebral when you get down to it. And secondly, I saw him uh, live. You know, I had seen everything up until this point. I saw him in New York. Uh, my manager at that point had worked with him in Carolines. And I was like, I had never seen He did it an hour and a half. I had seen none of it. I saw him in Dallas two yeah. weeks later on the same tour. And about half of that was new. He, uh, I, for me, he was the guy who literally, when I drove out to L.A. to start doing stand-up, his CD was on repeat. And I remember seeing him at Comedy Works. <laughs> and it was probably, you know, half an hour into the show before I even realized he hasn't cursed once. No innuendo, nothing. Right. Completely clean. And I was laughing harder than I ever have. And I remember I went to the Ice House, one of their, I don't know, 25th anniversary. Oh, wait, hold on. I just realized we have to go to a break here and keep the lights oh, on. Oh, my gosh. Okay. We're terrestrial radio. We're talking about new medium. But, uh, yes, let's right. hold that thought. I want to hear that story. Matt Eisman, host of Ninja. Well, we'll just be right back. Just ignore it. We'll be right back. Hey, listener, what are you doing? You're listening to the show, but you're missing so much content at louderwithcrowder.com. Don't worry. I'm not trying to sell you anything, not any gold or self-lubricating pocket catheters, just news, videos, and exclusive stuff that you don't hear on terrestrial radio. Again, it's, it's all free. We're not asking you to spend any money. Just visit there, get your news, and get a couple of laughs. If you want to send me money, that's fine. What? 
I don't even know. How did you get in this room? Cold hard cash. This ad took a bad turn. Hey! Louderwithcrowder.com. Don't listen to Fundip. It doesn't cost a thing. Louderwithcrowder.com. You're a strange animal. That's what I know. This is Louder with Crowder. But you're a strange animal. Matt Eisman, you were telling a story before the break about uh, Brian Regan, and then I want to get into free speech and comedy. Uh, yeah. You have the floor, sir. So just saying that we were at the Ice House, and I saw you know, 10 of the greatest comics of all time, and none of them could hold a candle to Regan that night. He absolutely destroyed. And uh, again, t- talking about a guy who's just developed his act, but when I right. look at people who are building their acts through through Vine or YouTube or, right. or whatever it is. Um, Grace Helbig is a good example of a YouTuber, I think, who's, you know, to, who's parlayed it now oh. into traditional media. Oh, oh no, no, uh, no, no, no. But, but I'm saying, like, she, <laughs> she's done a good job of developing her, her persona. And, and her, well, did you see what she recently said, though? She about said, for me, Nicole as a com- Yeah, but her tweet was like, as a comedian, for me, it's my. It's your job to always make someone feel better and never make anyone feel bad. Otherwise, you're not a real comedian. And it's like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't we, make so any sense. This is interesting because for me, again, I'm I'm largely a very clean comic. I tend yeah. to be goofy. I rarely curse, if at all. So my act is pretty pretty conservative, pretty you know goofy mainstream. I'm not right. making fun of anyone other than myself. Having said that. I love listening to guys like Doug Stanhope or Jim Norton or right. any of these people who cross the lines. And and part of it, I, I feel very strongly that in comedy, you should be able to joke about anything. Any topic can be made funny. Right. Um, having said that, you know, it's not like I'm insensitive to people's needs or triggers, but I just, I, I just, I always marvel. And for, for Grace, I'm like, that that's fine. If, if that's how you want to be, great. I just don't like it when they impose their point yes. of view on comedy onto other people. And, and, and I think it's so important because comedy can cover so many different issues and bring up issues and encourage discussion in ways that sometimes serious uh, approaches can't. That I just think it's important that we don't close off any topic to discussion, uh, which is what I think comedy is, is really right. how you bring these topics in. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. And, I, you know, I do think it's easier in a way, definitely to be dirty. I, I've talked about this for one night. I just said, you know what? I'm I'm a clean comic, but I've been banned just for being edgy because it's politically incorrect. Right. So from multicultural fairs, colleges, so it's the cleanest, most offensive set you've ever seen is kind of what I tell <laughs> a lot of people. Um, but it, it, it has changed drastically. And when you have people who want to legislate, you know, they want you have feminists out there who want to have comedians issue issue trigger warnings on stage before they tell a joke. Um, that was like the Nicole Arbor, Arbor. I always forget her last name. I think that's it. Nicole There's Arbor. a real uprising though right now in comedy. There's a real weird sort of Jim Norton calls them cultural landmines, and there are new ones being set all the time. Um, as someone who thinks that it's it's definitely easier to be dirty, and I always argued that because I did it one night and it was like, oh my gosh, I just could do so much better because it was free to I was free to say anything. Um, on the same breath, I've also noticed that it's comedians like you or comedians like myself or even Regan or Gaffigan who defend that free speech more than anyone else. When you have a lot of these comedians who are dirty, but they're these social justice warriors, we're like, well, it's okay for me to go up and talk about you know a threesome at a truck stop, but it's not okay for you to make fun of uh, Muhammad. That's, mm-hmm. Those are our rules. And it's the rules just keep changing. We had Harrison Greenbaum on last week. I just don't think they're able to get it. 
Well, it's interesting. Sarah Silverman said we have to change with the rules. And again, if you want to, I'm totally fine with a comic doing whatever they think best serves their audience and best serves their values. That's the whole point of free speech. Do what you want to do. But I just, I, I, I don't like the idea of people telling comics what they can and can't talk about because you've seen people talk about the most vile subjects and yet find a way to make it funny and find a way to make it thoughtful. Right. And, and part of that is you stumble through it. People, I, I think a lot of people have this impression that jokes spring fully formed out of your mind. Perfect. Right. They don't see you slogging through it for a year, sometimes five years to get a joke right. And a lot of that is saying it wrong. And so that's right. why I'm always protective of if a comic says something, uh, um, y- you know, that I, I always want to give them the benefit of the doubt that, look, they're trying to express something here. And we should encourage that. And and part of it is you encourage people to say things you don't like. Well, like so Sarah that- Silverman is a perfect example. She was the quintessential shock comic who was largely thoughtless. Like it wasn't even commentary. It was just like, oh, starving kids in Africa. They look pregnant because of their bellies. Ha ha ha. Oh, my doc. You know, it was like really, really what was designed to be offensive. Some of it was very funny. I remember when I was starting mm-hmm. people were like, this, have you heard of Sarah Silverman? Um, but that was how she got by. It's kind of like Metallica. Where they got by, you know, getting their music pirated and getting it out, you know, in the underground. And then all of a sudden, when there are these multi millionaires, right. they're running the anti pirating campaign. Yes, right. Napster's evil. That's kind of like Sarah Silverman. It's like, well, I got mine. I did my Jesus's magic show. I constantly made fun of, you know, Christians and the conservatives and I, wildly offensive. But now we all need to change with the times. And by we, I mean you adhere to my opinion. That's what really bothers me about it. It, it does me too. And, and uh, again, you know, Whatever she wants to do is fine. I, I just, I, I, and, and I, I don't know. Maybe in 20 years, we're going to look back and go, I can't believe anybody ever suggested that you could talk about certain topics or that you could joke about these things. Maybe we'll find the world is a better place because nobody's allowed to have negative thoughts or express things that aren't in line with traditional, you know, the approved thought. You're being facetious. You can't. I I mean, maybe it's one of those things where it's like, look, I'll acknowledge I could be totally wrong, but I just think that when I look at so many impactful things in history, I I think having counterpoints, having people be able to discuss things. And I, I think the way you change minds is not by telling people you're wrong. Don't think that way. It's by saying, here's, here's my point of view. Here's your point of view. Let's discuss this. Maybe I can enlighten you in some way, or you can enlighten me. Yeah, I, I think that having people be be able to speak their mind on topics and not be afraid to be be punished. Um, I think you're right for most people, like people listening right now, or people who might have heard Sarah Silverman's comics. You can convince them, and then there are people like Sarah Silverman who have their mind made up and they know they're being misleading to try and move the public toward their point of view where you have to make an example of them in order to reach the people who may think it's sensible. Because there are people listening going like, oh, well, maybe it makes sense. We should remove free speech and the First Amendment shouldn't exist. And you need to go, no, that's silly, goofy, dumb, dumb talk. That's ridiculous. She's stupid. Let me express my opinion. Like, huh, maybe she is really stupid in saying the First Amendment shouldn't be respected. There are some people you go, okay, I can reach them. And some people you just have to publicly make an example. Hold on, we're gonna, I just realized, we're gonna go to one more break and then go to the web extended version where Matt Eisman, you're gonna hear him say all kinds of wildly offensive things. So if you're listening <laughs> terrestrially, louderwithcrowder.com will be right back. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. Follow Stephen on Twitter at S Crowder.
it's time for your daily haiku with Sensei Stereotype. I'm eager to woman gentle. Donald Trump look like a breach the turtle's scrotum. This has been your daily haiku with Sensei Stereotype. You're getting louder with Crowder. But you're a strange animal. I got to follow. Oh, I'm in the speedy to So glad to be back after this second hour. I know some of you are going to be upset that Matt Eisman was not political enough. Steven Crowder, as always, in studio with my producer, Gay Jared. You can follow me at S. Crowder. You can follow him at Not Gay Jared. We fulfilled all of our legal obligations in claims, and you can draw your own conclusions. So it was good. I like Matt Eisman. Good guy. There's an extended interview. People can obviously go online, and it's uh, it's pretty long. You get him to come out of his shell a little more. Um, you, should, you should tease, because a lot of people see it or hear it. You should tease the fact that he he's a doctor. Yeah, that's right. We, don't, we didn't talk about that on here. He's a doctor. He's not only a stand-up comedian. He's not only a not conservative, hint, hint. But he's a doctor. He's a qualified. He was actually he was an actual general practitioner. It blew my mind, and then he put it back together for me. Then he put it back together for you. Because he's a doctor. Shoddily. <laughs> he's not quite Ben Carson in that regard. Um, so anyway, we have uh, that, that extended at lottowithcrowder.com if you want to hear more from him and a little bit more of his uh, views that are not quite safe for radio. We were talking about the debates. We want to wrap this up, the debates, because we want to get on to Bernie Sanders and then Hillary Clinton's interview with CNN. So I'm moving this mic here, and you're going to hear it because the shock mount is broken. Um, Bernie Sanders and, and Hillary Clinton's lies on CNN after the debate with what Carly Fiorina said. But first, we analyzed everyone at the debate thus far except for one Mr. Donald Trump. So... Um, Let's yeah, let's let's listen to a little bit of of what Trump had to say. Hint, a lot of personal insults. You got Hillary Clinton to go to your wedding That's because true. you gave her That's money. True. Maybe it works for Hillary Clinton. I was, it doesn't me, work Jeff. for anybody on Jeff. this on this stage. I was this, a businessman. I got along with Clinton. I got along with everybody. Yeah. That was my job to get along with people. But the I simple wanna, fact is, excuse me, one second. No, I the didn't want to. Yeah, you good. cannot take more energy tonight. I like no. that. First of all, Rand Paul shouldn't even be on this stage. He's number 11. He's got 1% in the polls. And how he got up here this far. These are opening people. statements, Mike. Anyway, I never that was his first statement. His look, and believe me, there's plenty of subject matter right there. I think she's got a beautiful face, and I think she's a beautiful woman. That was his apology to Carly Fiorina. That was as close a compliment as you will ever get from Donald Trump. Well, that actually was a flat-out compliment. That's as close to an apology as you'll apology, ever get. Apology, sure. Yeah. His, his apology is a compliment. And, um, you know, some people are getting mad and saying, Carly, if you're not, she didn't play the victim. She said, I think it was very clear as to what Donald Trump said to women across the country and moved on. And you know what Carly Fiorina did in response to that, which was brilliant? She said, I think it was very clear as to what Donald Trump was saying, you know, was heard clearly to, by women across the country. And she let her seconds just tick away. Mm-hmm. She didn't need to fill it. She didn't need to follow it up. She just let it go. And the biggest applause break of the night. So if people want to say that's victimizing and pouting, unless she says, yeah, I really have an ugly face, people are going to say she's a feminist. Now, no one finds feminists more obnoxious than me. None. Zero people find feminists more obnoxious than me. So I was saying I really hope Carly doesn't play the victim card. She didn't there. Donald Trump insulted her face. She said, I think people know what he meant. 
Yeah, I think Hopper got disturbed by the uh, by the loud voice. My dog always in the studio is like, just woke up from a nap with the on my face. Doesn't like it when we do the when we do the Bernie Sanders voices either. This this dog. Oh, hates that. Not a big fan of it. I did too. But I actually tweeted out uh, for those of you following me on Twitter yesterday, the biggest dog I had ever seen, and I have a big dog. This dog was just outside. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll see it. it, People think that I photoshopped it. This dog has the most massive head I've ever seen. They claimed an American Bulldog. There's no way. American Bulldogs are way bigger. Um, And it was shorter with a giant, fat, square head. A little overweight. But picture like an English Bulldog. It looked like an English Bulldog, you know, but they're a little short and stout. But picture that like the height of a Golden Retriever. This thing was like 140 pounds. Good Lord. But it was just, but it wasn't like a Great Dane that tall, you know, where it's like, okay, 140 pounds over the body of a horse. This was just like a cannonball. Super friendly, too. I've never seen anything like it. And follow me at Twitter. I, I swear to you, I'm not Photoshopping this. You'll never see a dog like this. One blue eye, one brown eye was bizarre. Uh, speaking of dog, Hillary Clinton was there. She lied about uh, the Carly Fiorina Planned Parenthood thing. That's been a big fallout. Now, I guess we should wrap up the Donald Trump thing or people are going to get. Oh, wait. Do we have a call? Yeah, That's right. We we, before the breaks, I said we were going to take your calls. We're all over the map here. There's so much to go. I almost thought we wouldn't be able to fit this in today. Like we should do an extended four hours for the web version because there's so much that's happened this week. And that's that's pretty rare. Um, all right. Let's let's take. We have, we have uh, Samuel uh, on line one. All right. That is Samuel on line one. You're getting louder with Crowder. Hey, uh, I noticed that uh, Carly Fiorina talked a lot about uh, gay marriage, uh, and then I figured that would upset you. I don't think she did talk about same-sex marriage, but why would that upset me? Well, because you and Jared love uh, sucking big hair. Okay, I see where this is going. All right, is is there anything else to add to that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. Yesterday, uh, when I was at the Applebee's, I had looked in the, the men's room uh, stall, and as I opened it, I found you and Jared. Uh, each other's Jared, I, you're supposed to screen for I that. I screened it. He says his name is Samuel. Sam. Samuel. You could, same Sam? I, I assume so. Samuel would have been a flag to me. I didn't Samuel mean, I would have been a flag. I didn't connect the dots. We're sorry. Uh, we'll take some more of your calls later in the program. Let's just just wipe the board now. Wipe, whoever else is on there, just just wipe them off. We can't. We don't. We'll take them there in. Uh, uh, what are we? Uh, we're at the seven fifteen. We'll take them closer to the top of the hour. Uh, so Donald Trump. So his debate performance was really personal attack, personal attack, personal attack, and his audience loved him. So the. It's not a guy I want as my president. Now, what I find so funny, too, is he sat there. He said, you know, frankly, I would get along with Putin. I would get along with the world leaders who don't respect us, who don't get along with Barack Obama right now. I would get along with them. But screw Rand Paul and Carly Fiorita and Jeb Bush and everyone on this stage. I hate them. They're all losers. So we're supposed to believe that you're going to get along with every world leader outside of... Outside of all previous indications that we've had, let's just disregard that. Let's disregard how you don't get along with people on that stage. We're supposed to believe that your foreign policy plan, when asked on specifics, is you'd get along with them. If you're going to offer nonspecifics, at least don't offer nonspecifics that are verifiably false because no one likes you. 
I just it, it's it's one of those deals. It's 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 tough to to it's tough to swallow. Back off, man. I'm a scientist. Right. Yeah. Don't question him. Uh, I'm trying to think. Do we have time for? Do we want to talk about Carly Fiorina now in the in the the fallout with Hillary Clinton? How long are those clips? About a minute and a half. No, uh, less than a minute. Less than a minute. Uh, you know, let's talk about that after the break. But let me let me set it up for you, and then we'll talk about the bomb. Too. That was a big story this week. Was it Ahmed or Ahmad? Ahmed? I think it's Ahmed. 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 So this little kid built a clock, looked like a bomb, went into a, a school, and the kid got arrested by the cops. You've heard about that this week, and Barack Obama invited him to the White House. Listen, it, I have I don't really have a big problem with it. I don't think cops should arrest a, a child without parents present, but this was a huge outcry for Ahmed. It's because he's brown. He just brought a clock. If you look at the clock, it looks like every suitcase bomb you've ever seen. Now, should they have checked it out? Yeah, probably. Probably get a science teacher to come in. It probably wasn't that big of a deal, but I'll be honest with you. If I'm a teacher and a kid named Ahmed brings in a box with a bunch of wires and it's ticking, yeah, oh, you don't know what a difference between a bomb and a clock? No, 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 it's not that. I don't know the difference between a suitcase bomb and a suitcase clock. For the record, <laughs> I've never seen a suitcase clock. Anyone here ever seen a suitcase clock? You can tweet me. Have you seen a suitcase clock? Nah, it's been it's been a while. It's been a long time it's since I've seen a suitcase S- clock. Steven Seagal movie. Actually, it turned out to be a bomb in that movie. It turned out to, it be, turned a out to be a bomb. So Steven Seagal disarmed it with, his, example. with his fake CIA background. <sighs> I've never seen a suitcase clock, right? I get it. They said the kid was a... And then, and then Barack Obama said... He said, hey, Ahmed, cool clock. Why don't you come bring that to the White House? <laughs> Worst idea ever. If little Ahmed, okay, sauntered on up to the White House gates with a suitcase ticking clock, he wouldn't make it through the, through the threshold... You wouldn't be- get his cookie. ...before being lit up like the cover of Platoon. That kid who weighs 90 pounds, his body composition would be 90% lead before he could make it through the White House gates if he was walking up with a ticking suitcase clock, which, by the way, with no numbers that I saw outside of the suitcase. I think you have to open the suitcase to figure out what the time is, which, like, that's the perfect bait. <laughs> if, I'm a terror- and if, I, if I'm a terrorist, hey, what time is it? I don't know. Why don't you open my suitcase? And by the way, are we supposed to just act now? Here's a kid. Are we supposed to act like terrorists don't constantly use kids as bomb mules? Are we supposed to act like Hamas? Like, I just like they don't just strap bombs to kids and send them on walking through? That that isn't how so many times we were overexposed when we started was we thought. Perfect. We're supposed to act like we didn't get caught off guard with that stuff? That's what they do. We assumed they were more human terrorists, people, Middle Eastern Muslim terrorists. We assumed their ideology, they'd be like even comparable to, to people who we fought before, whether it's the Germans, whether it's the Russians, some level of humanity, right? Some level of decorum. And they were sending in kids with bombs. They do it all the time. Am I saying the situation was handled perfectly? No, of course not. But let's not act like there's no reason to suspect Little Ahmed with a suitcase clock. We'll be back. But they fought with 
Hey, Fundip, what's wrong? I- I'm trying to figure out what kind of gift to send to my friend's hot niece. Well, firstly, that's creepy. Does she like wine? Well, yeah, everybody likes wine. Oh, so what's the problem? I-, I just don't know what kind of wine she likes. Oh, well, the good thing is you're in luck, because you can go to SimplifiedWine.com or call 844-297-WINE. You just place a call or you send an email and a qualified sommelier will find out what you like, your price range, and curate a perfect wine list for you or your friend's hot niece. SimplifiedWine.com or 844-297-WINE. So we are back. We had a little bit of our squirrel moment there because we have so much to talk about this week. Little Ahmed and a bomb. And now we have to talk about... <laughs> Why are you laughing? It just seems so obvious. I don't know. Uh, but maybe... We have the picture up there on Twitter. We have it up at lottowithcredit.com. We wrote an article about it. You get to see the picture of the so-called clock. It's, you know, people see it, they hear it, and they think, they're thinking Peter Pan, I think, and the Captain Hook clock. <laughs> they're thinking TikTok. Like he's, he's really terrifying depending on who you are. Yeah. They thought he like maybe they thought he was carting a grandfather clock in and like yeah, it's just clearly a clock. It didn't look anything like a clock. Now you should just have someone who knows clocks to maybe investigate. But again, if you have to open to figure out it's a clock, I don't, I don't think I think they probably had a challenge finding people who were willing to open the briefcase. I don't really want to trust my if I was a parent, I don't know that I want to trust my third grade English teacher with telling you know hey is this is this a clock or a bomb? I've seen a couple of movies. I should you know. Yeah, decipher here. I saw speed, so I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, I don't know. But maybe, maybe we just should be a little more, a little more busy being outraged about pop tart guns and things. Yes, exactly. Cutting your or wearing an American flag shirt, yeah, which is seen as xenophobic. That's, that's the issue. And of course, this is the zero tolerance policy policy at schools from leftists. That's why this exists. There's zero tolerance policy, not actual moral judgment. You know, I, I grew up with that. In Montreal, zero tolerance meant you get your butt kicked by a bully. You shove him back to get him off of you while he beats you. You're both suspended. It's a policy that creates an absolute moral equivalency between the kid being bullied, defending himself, and the bully attacking him. So this is what happens. The chickens come home to roost, kind of like Matt Damon this week. People got really mad with Matt Damon, if you haven't heard this story, because he said that Merritt is how they should be hiring directors for a show project Greenlight. And everyone got furious and said it was racist. Well, this is also a guy who argued against merit-based pay for teachers. So do I feel bad for him in the sense that I hate to see anyone get crucified on the cross of political correctness? Yes, but they designed this monster. This says the scary Frankenstein monster. They designed the monster, they created it, and now it's going to devour them. They're not immune from it. And that's what's happening with little Ahmed and his, uh, his suitcase clock. Suitcase clock. Why the hell would you build a suitcase clock? I, something doesn't smell right to me here. Like, if you're that, if your parents are that stupid, it's like, we're going to name you Ahmed. Dad, I want to build a suitcase, a clock in a suitcase with a bunch of wires coming out of it. Do you think I should take this to school? Yes, little Ahmed. You should take this to school. You should take this suitcase ticking clock to school. I believe that's a sound decision for a young man of your stature to make. Oh, boy. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, they're cuffing me. They're cuffing me. Oh, boy. 
just don't have I just don't feel that bad for him. I mean, listen, the kid didn't get beaten up by a cop. He was a he was detained and then let go. The cops didn't handle it that well. Uh, the cops should have spoken with the parents, of course, before they arrested the kid. But it wasn't wrong of them to respond. By the way, you think they didn't know the PR nightmare that was occurring when it was little brown Ahmed with a suitcase clock if they had this wrong? Of course it went through their head. They're going, oh, crap. Ralph, can you believe we got this on our plate today? Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I'm looking forward to screwing over a brown kid. <laughs> Hopefully tomorrow we'll get to shoot a black. That's what everyone thinks cops are doing now. And that's why cops are being offed in record numbers. We have it up at the website. The violence against police, particularly in places like Baltimore, has been insidious. All right. So uh, really quickly, Carly Fiorina, if nothing else, if nothing else from the debate mentioned Planned Parenthood and the videos that we've covered for a long time in a very graphic way on a network CNN that has never really covered the videos. So I think millions of new people are out searching for it, and that's why leftists are attacking her. So first, let's play her clip, then let's play Hillary Clinton's response. I dare Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama to watch these tapes, watch a fully formed fetus on the table, its heart beating, its legs kicking, while someone says we have to keep it alive to harvest its brain. This is about the character of our nation. There you go. Powerful words. And of course, leftists have come out and said, well, it's not true. That never happened on video. There are hours and hours of footage. We have it up at Ladder with Crowder. Um, yeah, she was right. There were she, she mixed and matched some portions from videos. It doesn't change the fact that there have been videos of babies kicking still alive from botched abortions and uh, people also preserving babies so they can harvest their brains. So people will say, oh, it didn't happen in one video. In other words, that didn't happen. And within 30 seconds, like she made it sound like a story. There are hours of videos. Everything she just mentioned happened. Lotterwithcrowder.com. We have it up there right now. So let's. what I find odd here, what I find funny, by the way, Planned Parenthood apologized. They acknowledged that and apologized. They just said that it wasn't illegal to do so. So then we have Hillary Clinton uh, playing defense for Planned Parenthood with Wolf lowest score ever on Celebrity Jeopardy Blitzer. Let's roll clip. All right, Planned well, Parenthood course, says that uh, video doesn't depict. Madam Secretary, hold on, I just want to explain. Right. Uh, Planned Parenthood says wants the video to answer doesn't the question. depict an aborted fetus. They says uh, they said that was from. They says they says had nothing to do with Planned Parenthood. Uh, this is an organization, though. You support. First of all, have you seen those very very uh, uh, controversial videos? Point blank. Have you? Answer. Well, Wolf, let's let's break down what's happening here because I or think don't. it's important. I know that uh, there's a move on by um, some of the. Republicans in the Congress to actually shut down the United States government over their demand that uh, we no longer give uh, federal funding to Planned Parenthood to perform the really necessary health services that they do for millions of women. By the way, in case you're wondering, it went on for a long time. Hillary Clinton came across as cold as ever, uh, came across as unlikable as ever. Uh, came across as, as things that you can't describe without being sick. Exactly. Um, never answered the question. Never answered the question, have you seen the videos? Never addressed the fact that Planned Parenthood apologized for doing what the videos accused them of doing. And here's a big thing, too. People got really mad. They said the tapes are selectively edited. So then hours of footage are released. The leftist argument now is, Conservatives are taking advantage of the fact that they know no one's going to watch 12 hours of footage. What? So if it's, you can watch the edited clip, or you can watch 12 hours of it. 
They want to watch neither and condemn you for both. And Hillary Clinton doesn't answer the question. By the way, Planned Parenthood, cancer screenings, not mammograms, which they claim. And a vast majority of their, their money goes to abortion. And she lies when she says the federal funding doesn't go to abortion with Planned Parenthood. Everything she just said was a lie. That's the wrap-up. Uh, we're going to try taking some more of your calls. Louder with Crowder. Come back. dancing happy songs we're going to the lines hopefully jared's done some better screening we have a uh, donnie from chicago thanks for calling in donnie oh yeah nice to talk to you over by there yeah i'm glad to hear from you so you seem to have a pretty strong opinion on, on bernie sanders um oh come on let's uh, let's be real the, the guy how about this how about for every time that you and me, we've all heard about how this millennial crew, you know, you got to be hip, you got to be all this. But here's what we like. We like freaking Bernie Sanders. We're young, we're vibrant. And you're like, for what? The guy's like grandpa. Not only is he grandpa, he's kooky. Not only is he kooky, but when you go past kooky, it's like, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to give everybody, hey, you get free tuition, you get whatever you want, you get a new friggin' house, you get all this stuff, and we are going to tell you straight up that we're socialists, and hey, guess what? Everybody likes it. What is going on? Well, first off, is there any relation to Dennis Farina? No. Okay. No, but I like the guy. Oh. Although we went to the same we, we went to the same high school. How about that? Did you actually? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Man, I'm a big Dennis Farina Proviso fan. East. Doc Rivers went to Proviso East. Wow. All right. So there you go. About that. Chicago. You know, it's a good point, and I think, uh, if you don't mind me asking, how, how old are you, Donnie? I'm 56. 56. Okay. So, Jared and I have talked about this. There is a millennial thing. For, they don't really have a battle to fight. A lot of these kids, if you're talking about even a kid who's 18 years old right now, they haven't even seen 9-11. They've never really seen a struggle. They think that some kind of a global war is just never going to happen, that it never happens. We've somehow humanity grown past that. And they've been fed their whole life that the rich are rich enough where you can just take all their money and give it to the poor and it'll work. They don't understand the Laffer curve. They don't understand economics. So when you have a basis, that, that's the baseline. Kids don't understand Well, here's it. what's going to happen now. Right. Now that they don't understand it, the day of reckoning is coming, which is really scary. Because the day of reckoning that we I walked through was Vietnam, of course, 
And then you go back and you look at history and you see everything else. It, yeah, I get it. I get it. The, but I also hear, here's the, here's the crazy thing. I was talking to some kids who are in their uh, mid-20s, just married. You know, they accumulated a huge school bill. I mean, you're talking 250, you know, 300 yeah, yeah, G's. Yeah, pretty typical. Uh, yeah, and, and and so everybody they're they're like this is the greatest news since uh, uh, I don't know this is the greatest news since the Blackhawks finally win a Stanley Cup is hey we're gonna put somebody in the president in the in the White House who's gonna pay off all our bills it's like it's like the flip side of it go to the South Side of Chicago hey get a free phone hey we love this guy it, right. this is nuts I mean it's absolutely nuts and then. Then you, we're in this new world right now. How would you like to be freaking Europe where you got Sharia law pouring in over every fence that there is? This is crazy. How many times, I mean, if you listen, Stephen, if you and me were, were, were we were leaving a country, we're running out of time, we go, we got to go somewhere, we're, let's go to Europe because we got to get out of Syria. Me and you, we go to the fence. And instead of going, hey, humbly, please, could you let us in? We start a Beirut riot. <laughs> this is nuts. And nobody, and people can't stand up and go, you people, we're not I think, letting you I think in. they brought some suitcase clocks. Well, yeah, they brought some suitcase. But if you brought that, you get to go visit the White House because you're a nice little kid. You're a nice, nice little kid. It, it looks like a bomb. Listen, it looks like a bomb. But, son, we're sorry. You know, it, it, I, okay, I'm, I'm over this, too. I mean, the whole Muslim-loving thing is, I'm done with it. If people can't figure this out yet, that you know what it's like to me? It's like, uh, remember that, uh, oh my gosh, remember that freaking movie, uh, that crazy movie, Halloween? But then there was like Sun Halloween where one day uh, 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 the, 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 I don't know, the, the lantern, the chuckle-lantern went nuts, hit this little boop, 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 and everybody turned into like a zombie and they went killing one day, I'm telling you, we're all going to end up walking yeah, around in this little... Was, I think you picked the Halloween 3, which is the only Halloween that is not Mike Myers, if I'm not mistaken. You picked the worst of the series. Yeah, it was stupid. And that's what's going to happen one day. We're all going to go, how come every per, every Muslim today has just turned on us? It was like at 9.02 <laughs> at you know Eastern time. All of a sudden, everyone's carrying an AK-47, and they wake up and go, Sharia law is now in effect. Sharia law is now in effect. And every, you know, every gay person in America is going to go nuts when that happens. And it's crazy. Everybody's complaining about how bad they got it here. Man, you know, if you get caught stealing Sharia law, you, you know, by, by arm, uh, we're such bad people. We're Christians. We're terrible people. We don't cut arms off. We don't tell you, hey, converter, we cut your head off. I mean, it's right. just crazy. This is nuts. It's crazy stuff. It is true. Yeah, we get we get flack for for cops detaining a child for a suitcase clock. Meanwhile, if you were to do that, do something slightly objectionable in a school in uh, let's say Saudi Arabia, the kid goes home never. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's, comes in with a cross. It, it, oh, you're dead. Yeah, but for some reason, uh, we're willing to go. Hey, that's no big deal. It's no flipping big deal. How no, are you no in problem. Chicago, though? Are you still in Chicago? No, I'm not in Chicago anymore. Thank God. I was gonna say that's a that's just a that's just where dreams go to die now, Chicago. Yeah, what's happened is well, see, I saw it growing up. I mean, this is an interesting concept too that the eighteen year old, nineteen year olds don't want to understand. 
seventies, I was going to high school. I was a minority in high school where I went to school and we all got along. It was, it was cakewalk. But then prior to that, we saw the 68, you know, burning in Chicago and the whole race thing going nuts. And we walked through that as kids. Now, you know, it's like we got a whole new race riot going on and every, every kid is, you know, thinking, what I do wrong? Yeah. Well, you, well, you know, it's the same wrong. thing. My dad was there for the Detroit riots, and he, he's talked about it. He says that it's, you know, there was a, a gap where people, he believed, genuinely wanted to bridge it, and it got better. And he says, same thing. He said it's worse now than ever in his lifetime since the Detroit riots. And Jared and I have agreed it's race relations right now with a black president are worse than they've ever been in our lifetime. And I don't know if we're supposed to believe that all of a sudden white people woke up overnight and they just became more racist in 2015, or people have been convinced that we've just secretly been racist for the last 20 years, and it's been lying dormant while we put uh, people of all different races and ethnicities and sexual orientations on every single sitcom, comic book, and magazine cover. I don't know what the sell is. I know the result is the racial division right now is worse than it's ever been in my lifetime. Well, I think you you probably nailed it on the head in our prior talk when you see you know, Historically, what happened, and like my, your dad, me, we walked through those times and thought, you know, this isn't cool. We got to make this, we got it, somebody, we got to do something here. And it, and it was working. Obama, our own president, comes out of the 60s, want, want, believes that, you know, it's a terrible thing. And 50 years later, 30 years, 40 years later, oh, let's use the same propaganda. Let's let's not, you know, it's it's, it's crazy. It's, uh, it's crazy. And, and so here we go. And I think here's the thing, though, Stephen. I would right. say that we got to have the bottom line is people like you and, 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 and radio broadcasts to be able to have this conversation. You got to stay with it. You got to explode. You got to get the, it has to happen so that people can interact, even if it is just for a brief moment of going, what the hell is going on? Right. And, and, and have that discussion. So way to go. Kudos to you. Keep up, keep going and, uh, you know, do your thing today. Uh, awesome. Thank you, Donnie from Chicago. We appreciate it. And we will have you back for sure uh, sometime later. So don't be shy to call in. That was Donnie from Chicago. And we have one more call on line two. Is that, um, is that Dan? Jared? Um, is it Mario? Is his name. Oh, that's line three. Okay. Let's go to. Okay. All right. On line one, Mario, you are getting louder with Crowder. Hey, hey, uh, Steven Crowder. How do you do? Okay. I think, I think I know where this is going. What is it? Well, your favorite pasta dish is, uh, a pasta and a meat above. You know why? I can guess, but why don't you tell me? Because the meat balls make you think of the big hairy <laughs> you like to <laughs> in, in the Jared. I'm so sorry. It says Mario. Do you ask these people questions before they call in? The problem is you have a caller like Donnie from Chicago, who's clearly a nice guy. And it shortchanges his. It shortchanges the points that he makes when you just just put in a modicum of effort. I tried. I tried. He said his name was Mario. I Mario. He, he said he has some stuff to talk no about. No one's named Mario. Sorry. <sighs> Sorry. Anyway, I think Donnie though is is reflective of a lot of people right now in the country. Um, I think a lot of people his age are wake are going. Well, what is what is happening? How did this change so quickly? How did I become racist overnight? How did the country become? 
a one homophobic, racist, xenophobic, patriarchal wasteland of hopelessness overnight. You know, he's been around this entire time, and we're told that it's worse than ever. That's the selling point. And that's what really bothers me, too. We'll get in. We'll talk about Bernie Sanders after the break because he taps into this whole middle class. And conservatives do it, too, at the Republican debates. You know, middle class is shrinking. The middle class have it tough. No. No. Sorry, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. And actually, Bernie Sanders tweeted out, you know, the United States is 93rd in income inequality. We, we address this on the website. Behind India and China. Really? You're going to argue that the American middle class are worse off than those in India and China? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Yeah, it's true. There's probably a bigger income gap in, in China and uh, in India. Everyone's poor. You're either royalty or you're poor. If you're middle class in China or India, um, you struggle for food. You struggle for clean water. In the United States, if you're middle class, you have the same phone as Bill Gates. If you're American middle class right now, you have this. You have a better phone than Steve Jobs ever had. Uh, it's not just about technology. Okay, let's talk about lifestyle. If you're middle class, right, median income is I think forty-two thousand, somewhere between forty-two and forty-four thousand. Which, by the way, I find so funny when they say more Americans are below the poverty line. And people like Bernie Sanders to establish the poverty line, they include the one percent who they vilify, which brings that mean income way higher. Well, if you want to exclude them and say that they're not one of us, exclude them from the from, from creating the mean income or the median income. And uh, then let's use that. It would be significantly lower. But they don't because they want to make it seem like if you're making less than 44000 you're below the poverty line, right? Okay, if you're making 44000 a year in this country, uh, and let's assume, of course, that you have a wife. So let's say you're both making some money. Of course, mommy and daddy have to stay together. That's pivotal. But we can't talk about that because that's discriminatory because the black community is, is largely fatherless. And it's a fault of white guys. So mommy and daddy have to stay together, firstly. You're both working, right? You're middle class. 44000 30000 30000 to 60000 Let's use that. That's a fair gap. You're middle class. You drive probably uh, a 2000. I've got this here. A 2008 or newer car. A Honda. A Toyota. Maybe a Chevy or a GM if you want to support the UAW. So you drive a new car with USB, with air conditioning, with heated seats. Probably wooden trim. You drive home to your, your air-conditioned house with cable television, electricity, maybe even a pool. Those are more common than they've ever been, and you have a smartphone and high-speed internet. That's your middle class. That's the person below the poverty line. And the guy moving your couch into the house has all of that same stuff. But let's take our tips from China or India. Unbelievable. Hey, listener, what are you doing? You're listening to the show, but you're missing so much content at louderwithcrowder.com. Don't worry. I'm not trying to sell you anything, not any gold or self-lubricating pocket catheters, just news videos and exclusive stuff that you don't hear on terrestrial radio. Again, it's, it's all free. We're not asking you to spend any money. Just visit there, get your news, and get a couple of laughs. If you want to send me money, that's fine. What? I don't even know. How did you get in this room? Cold hard in? cash. This ad took a bad turn. Hey! Louderwithcrowder.com. Don't listen to Fun Dip. It doesn't cost a thing. Louderwithcrowder.com.
how Bernie Sanders makes policy proposals as dramatized by Gilbert Godfrey. So I'm gonna promise them free health care. I'm gonna promise them free college. And I'm gonna slip in a $15 minimum wage. Oh, but, but Bernie, Bernie, someone, some people would ask, how, how do you plan to pay for this? It's never come up. Really? Really, never, never come up, you say? No one's ever asked me how I'm gonna pay for this. So you have, you have no plan. There is zero chance of anybody asking me how I'll pay for this plan. Well, Bertie, Bertie, uh, what if someone were to ask this question? Perhaps I'm not making myself clear. Let me explain. The chances of you being attacked by a shark sitting there in your desk right now is statistically zero. The chances of the press or my voting constituency asking how I'll pay for this plan is less than the chance of you being attacked by a shark there at your desk. Those are good odds for you, but Bertie, suppose someone were to ask. It seems that maybe I've confused you with my explanation. The chances of someone asking me how I will pay for this plan are lower than the chances of Jared being straight. Well, I'm glad we have that uh, that bug there in their office. Yeah, it's good to have. It's good to have inside, to check in. A little inside baseball. A little inside baseball. See, he is not a fan of you. No. Bernie Sanders. I didn't even know no, you were on his radar. I, you know, I'm his target audience. He, he wants my vote. So he <laughs> thinks about me <laughs> often. That's all right. Yeah, just, his target audience is anyone who wants free stuff. So we did this this week. Bernie Sanders. We added up the math. Actually, Wall Street Journal did, and then we covered it and did a little bit more math. Bernie Sanders. The price is wrong, bitch. <laughs> we added up them. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> we added up the math, and he's promised free health care, free college tuition, minimum wage of $15 an hour. Of course, which businesses don't want to pay right now. So there has to be some kind of subsidization there. So he's had a lot of proposals, expansion of more into Social Security. And do you know what this will add to the national debt over 10 years? Do you know this number, Jared? I do not. You should like me, Stephen. <laughs> My guess is it's somewhere between a lot and too much. $18 trillion. <laughs> Just a little figure. <laughs> I can better I can better grasp the distance between here and the sun. <laughs> Eighteen trillion dollars. I think I don't I don't have the exact debt clock in front of me. We're somewhere around. It's there. over that. It's, it's over that now. Just barely. And what's so funny is people are like, well, you know, you can tax the wealthy. <laughs> All right, let me do the math for you, goofy dum dums. I know you want free crap, okay? If you tax, you'll get nothing, and I can. If you tax all revenue, all revenue, over a million dollars, one hundred percent. Okay. This is re revenue, right? Revenue, not just, not just net profits. Yeah, this is revenue, over a million dollars. 
You would sustain the United States government for four months. <laughs> if you taxed everyone in the country, it wouldn't be much longer than that, of course, because the 1% on 80% of the wealth, you might get another month and a half. So tax them at 100%, that's four months, okay, of what we currently have without adding $18 trillion. I'll cut spending to the military. First off, right, that's a smart move. Let's just cut spending to the military. Uh, that's the one legitimate role of government, not the Federal Department of Education, not the Federal Department of Tampons and Birth Control and Lena Dunham bowl cuts. Is that the title on the building there? That's the title on the building. Lena Dunham gets her hair cut at Planned Parenthood. <laughs> Super Planned Parenthood cuts. So n none of those things, the legitimate role of government is to have a military. But let's assume you're stupid enough to believe that it's not a legitimate role of government and that what we should do is start slashing. Okay, military accounts for about 20% of our budget. Entitlements, when you add up Social Security, Medicare, uh, welfare, are much, much higher than the military. So if you taxed all of the wealthy, all revenue over a million dollars, at 100%, and you completely eliminated the military, assuming we just didn't get bombed out of existence by, I don't know, anybody, you still wouldn't pay for it. There is no way in reality, zero, that Bernie Sanders has a, a way to, to make this plan work, to bring this plan into existence. And even worse than that, his people don't care. His people don't care that he doesn't have a plan. And so this assumes, by the way, that everything is within the budget that he's proposed. That's never happened with the United States government ever. It always ends up being more expensive than it. They're never like, it's never like a Clint Eastwood film. They're going, hey, surprise, we came in under time and under budget. <laughs> it's a roaring success. That's not how it usually works out. I mean, like, like, uh, what is it? Obamacare. How many times have we... So they're like, it's an immense success. Yeah, it's amazing how successful something can be when you fine people if they don't take part in it, force them to take part in it, and keep extending the deadline. You have to do this. We're still not going to do it. Are we going to keep extending the deadline and make the punishments more grave? I go, look how many people enrolled. Oh, my gosh. I know it's wrong to hate. Not supposed to hate. But I hate these people. I do. I really hate it when people just, they say it's not a moral issue. How is theft not moral? Something I've never grasped either, Bernie. Maybe anyone. Tweet me at S. Crowder if you can answer this. Why is it greedy for me to spend my money? but not greedy for you to spend my money. Why is it greedy for me to want to buy a house I can afford, but not greedy for you to stay in a house you can't afford? I don't know. Tweet me at S. Crowder. Life's question, maybe you have answers. We'll be back. Jared, what are you doing? Shoot baggage. With what? AR-15. Where'd you get it? AR-15.com. Oh, there's another one. You got him. Yeah. Thank God for AR-15.com. They have AR-15 and accessories for sale and the best advice there is on the web. Oh, no, there's another one. You got him. Yeah. With your what? AR-15. From where? AR-15.com. That's the best place to go, and that's the takeaway, because this commercial's about to stop. You're a strange animal. You're getting louder with Crowder. But you're a strange animal. I got to follow. Oh, I'm in the speedy to sound. So 
to be back with you, Stephen Crowder, your host, louderwithcrowder.com. As hosting with me always is Gay Jared in studio producing. You can follow him at notgayjared and me at scrowder and tell us what it is that has offended you today and we'll be sure to not care. But not care (laughs) swiftly. We will be sure to not care swiftly. So we're in the third hour, which means that if you are anywhere close to our age... This the, the only chance that you're even listening is now. We've noticed that really younger people, not 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 early risers, no. generally speaking, but they want half your stuff. They want half the stuff of the actual early risers. So there is that, which is uh, you know, gotta respect it. Gotta gotta respect the lack of work ethic demanding stuff from the person with the work ethic. Mm-hmm. So to wrap, since we spoke about it in the first hour, to kind of we wrapped up the debates. We talked Carly Fiorina. We talked a little Ahmed with the bomb. A bomb? Yes, a bomb. Uh, a clock. Not a bomb. It was a clock. I just, it's one of those things, racial profiling is, is the big topic now with little Ahmed, who Barack Obama, I think Barack Obama wants to kill a child because he wanted to send that kid to the White House. He invited the kid with a ticking suitcase to the White House. I think he wants that child dead. I think he does. I think that, and I think, I think liberals want the job of a detective to be harder than it's ever been before because you're not allowed to put together the clues or the hints like you once were right i mean if we're going to talk about any religion who has kind of a let's say a poor record with bombs yes a poor record with bombs it's probably not the jewish no not so much it's probably not the hindus oh the hindus they have some pretty serious uh you know wars over there with with the muslims Hindus can be kind of warriors. They don't make USA Today, so I don't. I don't. That's true. <laughs> I wouldn't know. They don't make the Wall Street Journal that you paid for and can't get oh, rid of. Oh my lord! They just keep mounting up. I haven't read any of them. You know what? And that's a big one of the biggest disservices to the conservative community is 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 uh, Wall Street Journal's business model. And I'll tell you why. As someone who worked at Fox News, you know, it's owned by News Corp for a long time. Conservatives thought that was the model to charge people. Like, well, Wall Street Journal made it work. Well, Wall Street Journal made it work because it was a Wall Street crowd and a really old crowd. So it was early. Outside of 90s internet pornography, the pay model, the paywall model hasn't worked online. So it does, it's, just, it's just a failed. Frankly, it doesn't work. It's horrible. The numbers are horrible. But it worked for Wall Street Journal. It's kind of like top athletes. Uh, if you look at, like, for example, LeBron James, he doesn't train very well. He's the best athlete in spite of his training. So people see he does like some kind of a weird thing in a bouncy ball and a Gatorade commercial. Like, well, if I do it, I'll be like LeBron. No. Sometimes the best are the best in spite. And you have to look at the general rule, not the exception. Wall Street Journal is an exception. They're one of the few people who got people to pay for their service. No one else has. And if you're going to try and do that in 2015, it's not going to happen. Now you can get them to pay for an additional service or like, if you have a really big, you know, like contingency of people who want additional content that maybe you don't. Lot of Crowder Mug Club. Lot of Crowder Mug Club. Yeah, we're going to start mug that club. soon for people who want to get some mugs and, and want to actually get on the website with some extra access, bloopers. Behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. Uh, Ad free. I think it'll be like, we'll put it up there at three ninety nine a month at Lot with Crowder. We don't have it up there yet, but, we're, you know, we're, we're thinking about doing it just so some fans can, can help support the show because nobody pays me except for me. Um. So that's an example of the Wall Street Journal. And I think that's a big reason why conservatives have been behind a lot. You know, the Occupy Democrats, a perfect example. Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders made a quote during the Republican debate, and he said, 
You have, I don't remember how many said, 60 million Americans living below poverty, but no discussion at the Republican debate. So much poverty, no discussion. Actually, Marco Rubio said, you have 6 million more Americans living under poverty now than Barack Obama. They specifically mentioned how many more people were living under poverty under Obama than prior. But because Bernie Sanders said something, it gets retweeted, it's get, it gets put out as a picture, and it doesn't have to be true. It doesn't matter. That's the thing with the internet. It doesn't have to be true. And even though I'm a comedian, I'm an entertainer, Jared and I work together. We do a lot of memes, a lot of pictures online. We make sure they're true. And if they're false, we've issued corrections. We're like, oh, we didn't really, we're sorry, that was incorrect. Happens all the time. It happens to the best of us. But that's the problem online. Something can get passed around that just isn't true, and people start using it as a talking point. A great example is Sarah Palin, who, you know, I can see Russia from my house. She never said that. Tina Fey said that as a joke. And I'm no giant Sarah Palin fan. I don't hate her. I'm not her, I'm not a, I'm not a fan. I don't hate her. I'm neutral on Sarah Palin. Um, regardless of where you line up, it's not fair to do that. It's not fair to take something that's untrue and sell it as true. That's what's happening with Bernie Sanders. But here's what leftists do. If you look at the Occupy Democrats page, and I talk about this because these are big mammoth pages online, more influence than all of cable news combined when you look at some of these online uh, outlets. Very slick, very well done, great images, HD, branded. Conservative sites, if you go to the top 10, just a crap bin, just a waste bin of stuff. It's not, it's nuts. You think about it. You see a meme. It's fuzzy. The picture is expanded. They didn't even hit the shift key. It just looks like crap. And so it's really hard for conservatives to sell a young tech-savvy crowd when they don't care about quality. When you tune into any conservative cable news and it's old, corny, giant, you know, red, white, and blue, and gaudy hair, and the leg camera, and, and cameras up their dress to see, you know, what they're maybe wearing under their dress, and it just seems really tacky... It's not that the it's not that the substance is wrong. It's the packaging is really rough, and it's a really tough sell to young people. So not only is Bernie Sanders, yeah, like Rush Limbaugh says, and he's right, it's hard to compete with Santa Claus. Bernie Sanders is promising a bunch of free stuff. So that's a tough message to compete with. Period. Right? If it's if it's reality, if you're going to argue something in reality, and he's just making up his own reality, yeah, that's that's difficult. But you don't have to set yourself back and give him a forty second head start. It's not necessary to do by making sure that your packaging is so unappealing that young people won't listen to you anyway. Before you even get to the fact that it's completely nonsensical to try and pay for an additional $18 trillion in entitlements, um, you have to be able to get people to listen. And, and conservatives have done a really poor job of that. And I, I think it's important for everyone to notice that because Hillary Clinton lies about everything. She just lies. Not, not even close to telling the truth. But she's a bitch. But people believe it when they're younger because she has the right handling. She has the right social media message. She has the right branding. She has the right flag. She's going on Jimmy Fallon. She's doing the horrible dancing on Ellen. And conservatives have really ignored that. So it's 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 disconcerting. And uh, seeing the quality of content come out from the left, not the not the message, not the substance, but the quality of the packaging and comparing it to the right. We have to acknowledge there needs to be some catch up. It's the same reason I've said this about Ted Cruz. Listen, Ted Cruz is not polished. The packaging is really bad. It's unappealing. Pull after pull after pull nationally. People don't like him. They laugh at him. They think he's silly. They think he comes across as weak. He's none of those things, but that's how he comes across. And before you get to 
implement what you want, you have to win the contest. You have to win the election. And, and, and it's just conservatives keep letting it slip through their fingers. And then they claim that it's because of establishment rhinos. That's not really what it is. That's not what it is. You can just chalk it up to that. But that's not what's really happening. Again, remember, Carly Fiorina, in case you didn't know, she's she's the establishment rhino who's never held Republican office and uh, who was put on a second stage by the media. But it's all it was all <laughs> a lay low because she's their gal. Did you not know that? I, I'm catching up now. Yeah. But it all makes sense. Now. Her name is Fear Rhino. I've heard that. Fear Rhino. Rhino with an H. If someone can tell me what that acronym is, Rhino with an H, what that stands for. Rhino, R-I-N-O. Uh, people are even consistent with their own acronyms. How, how much time? Well, we don't have a ton of time. We're going to actually go to a caller from, um, well, you know what? We'll bring her on after the break. She actually was in the military. Last week, we, I went on a rant about women in the military. Some people got pretty mad about this. So while we're talking about truth, I talked about women in the military and, and the issues that come with that. And just listen, flat out, I don't want women in combat zones. And I talked about statistically how we had a study that came out last week with, uh, I think it was the Marines. I have to bring it back up. And every single all-male uh, platoon did better than mixed teams. Not all-female, just mixed. So it'd be even a, star, a more stark contrast between men and women. And I was saying, listen, you're just not as good as men at combat. Women are not as good. You're not as good at fighting, period. Okay? Could you imagine as a... As, as a Islamic terrorists having your house stormed by a fleet of women? all women. Oh my gosh! Do you know what they do? They are, do you know what they do? They already died. Do you know what they do to those women? If they don't, if they if their storm somehow goes awry, maybe they're met with a bunch of suitcase clocks. Do you, do you know what they do to those women? Do you know Islamic Islamic soldiers? They don't take pri women as prisoners of war. It's not great escape with Steve McQueen. It's not. It's really pretty rough. Again, because they they use for them sex as an empowerment oh, deal. Yeah. It's it's a yep. th that's why the male on male rape is so common in Islamic countries because that's like the ultimate insult, and they don't think it's gay if they're doing it to insult somebody else. So, funnily, people got really mad at me saying, "Listen, women, you should be able to do the same amount of push-ups. You should be able to do the same amount of pull-ups, uh, same PT requirements, and it would sort of solve itself. There wouldn't be a whole lot of women in the military." Some women got mad with me. From last week. Not many, most agreed, but we actually have someone who was a sergeant in the Marines who called, who texted me, emailed me, said, Hey, you know, I, I was there and now this is, I, I actually am in Ann Arbor. And uh, you were right. I'd like to kind of sh share some stories. So this is a woman, really cute, actually, too. We won't give all of her information because you have to be careful when someone is in the military, but we'll have her after the break. And uh, that way it's not just my patriarchal BS, but someone who actually did it. Who'd have thought? Lighter with Crowder. Stay tuned. to catch the news just in the nick of time with Nick Nolte. Um, big news this week, you got Donald Trump signed a pledge. Frankly, you gotta sign a pledge so he's not gonna go third party. A lot of people were concerned about him going third party because the country's in trouble. If you're gonna sign third party, you're a son of a bitch. You bastard can't go third party, you son of a that was news in the nick of time with Nick Nolte.
So glad to be back. Another call. Actually, I'm excited about this one. She reached out and she tweeted me last week after my rant, my, of course, horribly sexist patriarchal rant about the new study in the Marines. Uh, we won't give her last name, but Catherine has called. Catherine, now you were a, can I say sergeant in a specific, can I say, what can I reveal here just so people don't say that you're lying? <laughs> Um, okay. I was a, a sergeant in the Marine Corps and I was actually a reservist. I had a six, six by two contract. So I was in for six years where I had to report and everything. And I got towards the end of it and I hadn't deployed and I had, I wanted to. And so I looked to what was available and there was a call for females specifically. And I was like, that's weird. And three other females were like, that's weird. And, um, <laughs> but yeah, and uh, so we're like, okay, well, you know, we'll just, we'll do it. You know, me and three other females that were, were all in the same unit, you know, we were kind of buddies. And, um, so this does not <laughs> sound like a sergeant that I was expecting. Does this sound like you were expecting, Jared? <laughs> no. And I know, just so you know, Catherine, we're going to get calls about how you have a really cute voice. People are going to be... Thanks, Jared. Thanks for the music. Is so that the, yes. at you? <laughs> we, do, we don't want to reveal your personal Twitter because last time we had Courtney on and I was like, she is, oh, she's such a hot voice. So there are some, there are some people out there oh, who goodness. will like it. So we, just, we have a creepy audience. We have let's a just, creepy audience. Um, okay. Well, I was in the Marines, so used to all different kinds of personalities and comments. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it's okay. I'm not that sensitive, even though I sound really girly, which I am. Uh, and and uh, so I could talk about this all day. Specifically, what would you like to know from me? Well, because you were talking about this, you know, last week. Something that I think a lot of people don't think about. And when I was in Guantanamo Bay and, and spent, I've spent a lot of times, you know, just doing shows and entertaining the troops. Guys don't hate women. As a matter of fact, the biggest problem is the opposite. They want to protect them. And they constantly talked about how women would be lagging behind and guys would want to stop and help them. And this whole myth, I mean, you know, right? You, you can debunk that myth that it's like, you never leave someone behind. Well, sometimes you do. But with a woman, they said it was very, very hard and it was distracting for the men because they felt protective of them. That, to me, is a wonderful thing. It's, it's a, a good thing. Right. It is. I, I totally agree with it. It's something that should not be changed. It's ingrained since, you know, I don't know, forever <laughs> to a man to want to protect women and children. And why would we ever want to change that? That's that's wonderful. No, I, I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I have specific examples of when I was on, um, foot patrols or, uh, we were in a, in a compound out in a town and I was on, I was on a female engagement team. So I was not like a combat MOS, but I was in a combat environment. Right. Um, and we were in direct support of infantry units. Um, and we'd be embedded with them for our whole tour. And I had one female work partner with me and then, you know, 200 plus males. And we would go on and put patrols in. And, you know, we would start I mean, a couple of times. They would try to take us out on the quote unquote safer patrols because they did not want um, us to get hurt. Mm. Um, but we, we did start. That's because they're sexist directly. and they hate you, by the way. <laughs> of course. Um, right. And so, uh, yeah, we, we it was one of our first patrols on our first uh, we were, we went out on a mounted patrol and then we went out on foot um and started you know questioning uh locals in the area because we had they had received like reports of some terrorists in the area so we're like right. okay well we're gonna go in there some suitcase clocks. and um <laughs> so yeah so we started receiving some fire and it wasn't even close like it was very far off it was i mean i'm not gonna pretend like oh i was you know i was shot at and it was so 
You're not going <laughs> to lobby for a purple heart like John Kerry. <laughs> right. I'm not going to do a Brian Williams. Okay. Right. No, I, I was, <laughs> no, it was far off, but the males were like, okay, well, where, where's, you know, where's Sergeant blah, blah, blah. And Sergeant, you know, blah, blah, blah. My last name. And I was like, why are they worried about us right now? I'm like, what? Shoot back. What are you doing? Like, right. like, I don't understand. Don't worry about me. Um, and you know, and, and especially, and listen, especially because you're cuter and people say it's also sexist, but you're, you're a cute girl, a uh, cute lady, cute ma'am. Sorry. I got, a, I got a, 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 a gender fluid person who got really mad at me for saying yes, ma'am this week. And that's just, man. yeah, I, that's just male instinct. Yeah. That's just male instinct. Listen, they see a cute woman um, and they want to protect, they want to protect you. And you know what? They're not wrong. Chances are, if it came down to something really physical, and I have full faith that you were you were trained, but let's say you came into really close quarters, chances are they'd probably be more adept, faster, able to move things for cover more quickly than you. And so they burdened that. I mean... Well, and it is true. Okay, the, the physical aspect does definitely take part in it. Um, and if you look at female... Uh, compared to males, and based on a spectrum of physical capability, there is going to be some overlap, but it's very small. And actually, right. we had um, we had probably 40-plus females on our whole set team that were dispersed in teams of two. Now, um, some of them, I'm telling you, they were they were Amazons, and they were muscular, man. I was like, I was scared of them. I was like, whoa. Okay, so, but I, I'm not, I, you know, and I'm I can call 110. Um, Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, but it's, it's, um, you know, it's, so there is, there is leeway. Like physically, some of the girls, yeah, they were like more buffed than some of the males we served with. And we were like, whoa, but I definitely could not buddy carry an average Marine with a full combat well, let me ask you this. I physically could not do G- it. Genuine question. There's- so, so what do they do? Right. Cause that's part of, or is that not part of the PT requirements? If you can't do it, what do they do? They just say, well, you don't have to do that. Well, um, what we do, and there, there are still different standards for females as opposed to males. And I've always had right. um, great physical fitness, you know, like first class physical fitness test, combat fitness test. I mean, I, I take that part very seriously, mm-hmm. but there's only so much I can do. And what they do, um, that's why they, my female partner, she was, um, you know, about 10 soaking wet. So um, they put us next to each other in a patrol. So if something does happen to one of us, Hopefully the other person, you know, can pull us, pull us out, pull us to safety. And like I said, they try to keep us on the quote-unquote more safe patrol. That was our unit. This is my own personal experience. Right. All the girls had different different experiences. We were in one of the more considered kinetic areas. Well, we're going to have to let you go pretty areas. soon because we have to go to break. But I, um, yeah, I do want to have you back on, actually, because I find this incredibly interesting, and it deserves more than one segment. Um, that Yeah, it's it's okay. – do you think a lot – before we go, you have – 15 seconds. Do you think a lot of women who have been in the military would agree with you? Because we're never told about their opinions. No, no. A lot of them are, are hardcore feminists. Oh, like half of our vet team was, they were definitely lesbians. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Very, <laughs> so, yeah, just, all right, Cordy, uh, okay, so we have to we have to let you go. Uh, we will bring you back next week or the week after. Lighter with Crowder. Stay tuned.
Hey, fund it. What's wrong? I- I'm trying to figure out what kind of gift to send to my friend's hot niece. Well, firstly, that's creepy. Does she like wine? Well, yeah, everybody likes wine. Oh, so what's the problem? I just don't know what kind of wine she likes. Oh, well, the good thing is you're in luck because you can go to SimplifiedWine.com or call 844-297-WINE. You just place a call or you send an email and a qualified sommelier will find out what you like, your price range, and curate a perfect wine list for you or your friend's hot niece. SimplifiedWine.com or 844-297-WINE. I'm a to be back. That was a great call. We're already getting tweets from uh, people. Catherine, uh, not exactly what you would expect the Marine Sergeant to sound like. And I've seen pictures as well. Of course, I love my wife. My wife is the most beautiful woman in the world, but she gets okay when I say, yeah, she's a pretty woman. She's a pretty, she's a girly girl, which you would not expect. Um, and Sergeant in the Marines seems to have her stuff together, is uh, is now in Michigan run, living on a farm with some, from what I understand, uh, great, uh, great kids, great man. Good for her. And, of course, the feminists will say that she is simply submitting to patriarchy. That's a big issue here now, is you just can't have an opposing voice. South Park, if you haven't watched it this week, one of the most brilliant episodes to ever occur on television occurred on South Park this week, where they dealt with the PC principle, the uh, politically correct sort of fraternity police. It was done in a way that was hysterical and and, and really dealt with the, the censorship of free speech that we have going on. And, of course, everyone had to say in the show that Bruce, that Caitlyn Jenner is beautiful and stunning and a hero. And that's one thing we've talked about on here, too, regardless of where you line up. Uh, Bruce Jenner was a bad-ish person before that. Narcissistic, very self-absorbed. No one liked the Kardashians. No one liked Jenner. They thought he was a little bit of a narcissistic jerk who killed someone, by the way, in a car by accident, but got away with it. And then tosses on a dress, gets on a magazine, and we all have to say, all of a sudden, absolve him of his previous sins because he's, she is now beautiful and stunning and a hero. And if you disagree with it, you're not allowed to sit at the table. You're just considered a hate-speaking hate bigot. And here's the crazy thing, too. I did a feminist film festival. I was there at a feminist film festival this last week. We were kicked out. We'll have a video up at louderwithcrowder.com uh, this week. Where everything was transgender. Actually, matter of fact, it's not LGBT for those of you listening, by the way. They actually advertise it as LGBTQAI friendly. So LGBT, uh, we know what that is, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender. Q, it used to be queer, but now it means questioning, meaning you don't really know. A, I think, is asexual. I, I think, is intersex. And there's also, depending on where you go, it can be LGBTQAA for asexual and allies instead of the I. And there are some people who want to add LGBTQAIF. The F is for fluid, gender fluid. So the argument now is that there are no genders, that everything is fluid, that uh, if you believe in gender, you are a product of patriarchy. This is what's being taught, by the way, at colleges to your children. That's why it's important. It's not just some fringe belief. This is pushed on the cover of Vanity Fair, which ironically, Kate Upton, airbrushed, photoshopped, it's offensive to women. 
that's upholding an unrealistic standard of beauty. Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner, photoshopped, airbrushed. What a beautiful woman. Matter of fact, when we went to this feminist film festival, all the women looked like men. And they didn't wear makeup and they had little boy haircuts because their argument was, well, we're not going to submit to your definitions of beauty, patriarchy, oppression. I'm This is who I am. Unshaved legs, unshaved pits, in shorts, boy cuts, no makeup, right? And then the transgender people came in and they looked like glorified Barbie dolls. They still have their penises, of course, but they come in and all they're doing is acting like a stereotype of women. There were no transgender men who came in who had bowl cuts and didn't shave their pits and didn't shave their legs because then, of course, you'd be like, oh, you're just a dude. But they come in and they act like a glorified stereotype of women like Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner puts on a dress and acts like a Barbie doll. Now, if you tell women that men find Kate Upton dressed the same way, you tell them that, hey, that's attractive. They go, that's just unrealistic. How dare you? But we accept it when it's Bruce Jenner. So, and by the way, the gender fluid thing, we were there. This was a whole panel, LGBTQAI. Um, there was no doubt about who was a man or who was a woman. But I've been told by many people that sometimes it's hard to actually determine whether it's a man or a woman. I've never been stumped yet. And so uh, Jared decided we're going to play a new game today on Lotter with Crowder. From Transylvania, it's time to play Spot Z. All right, so this is a game in real time where my producer here, Jared, is going to be sending me pictures. And uh, you can all follow along at S. Crowder, and I will tell him if I think it is a, uh, a woman or a transgender or transitioning. So I have to guess, and we'll see if I can be stumped. All right, Jared? All right, here we go. First one. You've got three seconds to answer this one. Three seconds. Okay, three seconds. and the picture is coming through my computer. This one. Three seconds. Uh, I'm going to say that's a woman. It's okay, so I was right. Okay, that's number one. So I'm one for one. Let's go to uh, number two, and let's see if I'm correct on this. I think I'm pretty good at this. I, I don't think I'm going to get stumped. Image number two. Is it a man? Is it a woman? That's a man. That's, that's a trans. Yeah. Okay. I'm going two for two. How many of these do we have? We have plenty. We can go okay, all day. Okay, let's just do, let's do a few more. All right, here we go. And another one is coming your way. What's your guess? Oh, come on. That's a she. That's a woman. I know who that is. He sent me that British uh, 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 Britain's Got Talents opera singer. That's not nice. All right, let's go ahead. So I'm three for three. <laughs> All right, Jared, that's a man. It's not. <laughs> All right, here's the last one. Okay, this is the last one. Last one. Because this is one that people have sent. And they're like, can you tell the difference? Um, well, which one am I going here? The one with the white brazier or the one, the blonde one below it? Both of those are men. Both of those are men. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. All right. You're not sure. I'm pretty sure those are men. So I went live from Transylvania. This has been Spotting the Trannies. So I've gotten all of those right. And you know what? You can tweet me at S. Crowder. 
and we can play this game online. I've never been stumped yet. So, um, you know, I, I had to play again, this. Again, just the, 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 the proof. I was pretty good. You were pretty good. I was pretty good. And you tossed them in there that could throw someone off. The point is, gender is not a societal precept. You're able to recognize it. You might have some people who fool you if they go through the hormone replacement therapy before they actually go through puberty, like they do in Thailand. And also, particularly with specific races of people where the men are small, the women are small. You know, what you have that with, with the Thai. They're, they're, there's not nearly as much of a discrepancy as, say, between like the Dutch with the men and the women. Um, so, so far, 100% is my batting average. And what is this? Oh, no. I have a text here coming in. I, my dad listens to the show, and sometimes he... Okay, my dad played this. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a man. That's a man, dad. <laughs> we hit the weirdest... The worst part is on Twitter, we have such an interactive audience who's interacting on Twitter, and then half the people send me things by text because it's family or friends. And they're like, oh, I think this is a fun game to get in on. We got a bonus one. Bonus one. I just sent you one. You just sent me a bonus one? Bonus one. All right. Bonus one. Bonus, bonus round. Look, look at that. Uh, look at that mug. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> who is that one? Who is that guy fooling? Well, he's the one who went into Planet Fitness. It looks like it. I don't, I don't think it is. Now, the point here is this is, again, we're going to have this video up on the website. Um, no one's being fooled. And we all have to act as though, no, this person's beautiful, and I think they look like a woman. We don't. Okay, now it doesn't mean that we hate you. It doesn't, I don't hate Caitlyn Jenner. I am actually neutral. I never watched the Kardashians. But I don't think you're a hero, and you don't look like a woman. I know you look like a man. I think we should have issued a warning when we play this game, because, you know, people get the wrong idea. Go home, play the game for yourself, and don't. save your home. Don't play this game for Don't play, don't play no, as a matter of fact, bad things. You don't want to be wrong at the bar. You don't. <laughs> don't trust your. You don't. Don't. You can't always trust your instincts. You don't want to play this in real time. Also, turn your safe search on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and be warned. We discover. Uh, I discovered this tranny very different from transgender in the Google searches. Very different in the Google searches. Very, very different. Which means you might have to scroll down an extra two bars with transgenders to get to the really weird stuff. And here's the thing. We're joking about it. Your children are learning about this in school right now. Everyone is introducing themselves. With pro so your teacher now, let's say, you know, when you were a kid, you had Miss, Mrs. Krabappel. Now, if say, I am Mrs. Krabappel, preferred pronouns, she and her. That's what you have to do in schools now. This is what they're teaching your children. So your kids are going to go home. They're going to learn about it in school. They're going to Google transgender. And because it's just a really recent shift, by the way, um, it was a subculture that was nothing but intense pornography. And now they're trying to clean that up and go, no, 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 it's always been a normal. Well, it's not. So they're going to go home and search it. And you're going to have some, you're going to have some planning to do to your kids. Yeah, it's six. That's the problem with this is we're stealing innocence from young people. We're stealing innocence from young people. And uh, do I? Anyway, driving a car is fine. I don't think 14 year olds should drive cars. Even if you think the, the sexual discussion, the sexual liberation is a great thing, it's not appropriate for a child. And this was a panel here at the Feminist Film Festival, open for all ages. And this is what they're doing to indoctrinate your kids. It's a really weird time right now. Down is up, up is down. Hillary Clinton's telling the truth. Uh, 
Carly Fiorina is establishment. Donald Trump's the true conservative. And all of a sudden, America has become more racist than ever after electing a black president. This is what we're hearing from every mainstream media. Worse. How could they get any worse? Take a look around you, Ellen. We're at the threshold of hell. This is good. It's a good town clip. It's pretty appropriate. I've got actually, I've got pretty, to bring this. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Oh, by the way, as a throwaway, Ann Coulter, people are asking me to have her on the show. After the debate, she said, how many effing Jews do these people think are in the audience talking about the Republican candidates because they mentioned uh, Israel? Ann Coulter wouldn't come on this show, I'm sure, anyway. Um, we used to be friends, and she's buddies with different people now. I think Ann Coulter at one point was one of the most brilliant writers in, in the country. I really do think. And, and most of the time I defended her. When she made statements, she made them so that you go, well, why is she saying that? And then you'd read up on her presentation. You'd read up on her column and you'd go, well, you know what? She's probably right. And she sold through a lot of sex appeal, Ann Coulter. Well, when you're 55 or whatever it is, um, no one wants to see you selling sex appeal on covers. And so you have to get more and more incendiary. You have to get crazier. And so that's the same reason when she used to mock Donald Trump in her previous book. In her new book that's about illegal immigration, she realized there's a hook that she can ride with Donald Trump. And so now she's praising Trump and she's attacking anyone who's not Trump. So now she's sort of also gotten on the anti-Israel bandwagon. Um, how many effing Jews do they think are in the audience? Ann Coulter is, is a tough one. I mean, on a personal level, uh, I knew her. I was friends with her. She's the kind of friend who you work around her schedule. You ever had those friends? Like you set dinner plans and then they're just gone. Oh, no, no more. We're not going to respect those anymore. So it just comes with, a, I think, a self-absorption that comes with being in the media the same way. But the things that she comes out and says now, I don't want to say they're indefensible, but it's definitely gotten to the point where the backing up of her writing is not nearly as strong. So she's welcome to come on the show and disagree with me, but I wouldn't bet on it. We'll wrap this up with Hillary Clinton's CNN interview. Hey, listener, what are you doing? You're listening to the show, but you're missing so much content at louderwithcrowder.com. Don't worry. I'm not trying to sell you anything, not any gold or self-lubricating pocket catheters, just news videos and exclusive stuff that you don't hear on terrestrial radio. Again, it's, it's all free. We're not asking you to spend any money. Just visit there, get your news, and get a couple of laughs. If you want to send me money, that's fine. What? I don't even know. How did you get in this room? Cold hard in? cash. This ad took a bad turn. Hey! Louderwithcrowder.com. Don't listen to Fun Dip. It doesn't cost a thing. Louderwithcrowder.com. Oh, I love that song. I know Kanye West is kind of a douche, but he's got good douche music. Well, it's prime time to get in his good graces because he could be president. He could be president. You never know. So let's keep, let's, let me, hold on. Let me get tabs here on Donald Trump. Uh, insulted Carly Fiorina, insulted Rand Paul, insulted Rubio. Um, he's insulted Michelle Malkin, Fox News, Megyn Kelly. 
but Kanye West would be a good presidential candidate. And I've not heard him lob any insults towards CNN or MSNBC. By the way, though, I do have to give credit where credit's due. That was a good uh, debate from CNN. Yeah, it wasn't. It was not bad. No, it wasn't bad. And I think Fox News did a good job, too. It was a little awkward on the get-go with CNN. But um, I think Jake Tapper, obviously, he's gone after me on Twitter. He's not a fan because he's a dishonest lib. There's no doubt about it, even though some people think that he's unbiased. But here's one thing that I find a little bit funny. Since Donald Trump lost, right, since he did so poorly, people are saying, well, it wasn't fair. Everyone was doggypiling. But those same people and, and the other criticism which, with which I would agree say it was too long. It was three hours. Here's the deal about last night. Uh, last night, sorry, two nights ago with the debates. It's three hours. It's as long as any of them have had to speak. They were given ample time. Everyone was allowed to speak, okay? So if someone won or lost, it's as close to being entirely performance-based as it could possibly be. It's not because of doggy, you know, maybe they piled on Trump or they asked a leading question to begin with. Okay, what about the other two hours and 55 minutes of the night? So, if you look at people's reactions, if you look at the results, it is entirely due to the individual performances of those candidates. So, this is not one of those things where you can say, well, Ted Cruz was treated poorly. It's not one of those things where you can say, well, Donald Trump was piled on. It's not one of those things where you can say, well, it was establishment. They didn't give any, no. John Kasich had ample time to speak. What was that? Who's that? You want to Google him. I'll Google. Okay. Oh, that guy. Yeah, that guy. That guy. The guy who went into the barber and said, give me the Jeremy Renner. I want to hip it up, see? <laughs> so you can't have it both ways. You can't say, oh, it was so long, and then say it was unfair. They just, listen, three hours. If you, if you are able to be president of the United States, okay? Three hours is plenty of time to get your point across. And that's why Rand Paul needs to bow out. That guy was made to be Donald Trump's woman. And I'm not a fan of Donald Trump. I like Rand Paul more than Donald Trump. Rand Paul came across as an absolute pansy who was weak. And, and it was less, I, I really liked to Carly Farina's answer on the, on the, the drug issue. This, it, it is exactly how I feel about it. The 10th Amendment writes states have the right to legalize it. We have a problem with nonviolent drug offenders in prison. We should It's not working. Clearly, something needs to be fixed. Boom. That should appeal right there to libertarians. That's better than any president beforehand. Certainly better than Barack Obama, who decided to usurp Colorado's law and still send in feds uh, to go after people growing some pot in their backyard. And then she said, I also think we need to be responsible and tell kids, uh, stop telling kids that it's just like drinking a beer because it's not. And then she went on to talk about a child that she lost to drug abuse. I can't see how that's anything more than perfectly balanced. States have the right to legalize drugs. The prison system isn't working. We need to fix that. Also, drugs are bad for you personally. Here's the problem with the pro-pot lobby, and we'll get tweets on this, is unless you personally are pro-marijuana, they just write you off. When I say, hey, states should have the right to legalize it, but it's bad for you. Oh, you're paid by big pharma. Here's the thing about pot that people don't understand. There are plenty of prescribed pot drugs, marijuana drugs, uh, drugs that are, that are taken from compounds found in marijuana. There's about seven, I think, that have been approved. The only one 
which is prescribed and actually pretty regularly is one for, for nausea and for stomach issues regarding cancer treatment. So they do prescribe that. It already is legal. Big Pharma has run the, the studies and they are making money off of it. The problem is it doesn't cure cancer like the pot people say. The problem is it doesn't really fix seizures. It doesn't really fix anxiety. Double-blind clinical, uh, double-blind placebo-controlled clinical studies don't indicate that. If it were to work, pharmaceutical companies would be the first to make money off of it. And here's one thing, too. A, a finder just now, Nick Diaz, got suspended five years for smoking pot because it was his third offense. And everyone's mad now saying, the pro-pot advocates, it's not a performance-enhancing drug. Athletes should be able to use it. Well, you can't say it cures cancer, it fixes anxiety, it helps with recovery, it helps with mental clarity, it fixes glaucoma, it makes you stronger, it increases testosterone. You can't say all of those things and then say, oh, why should you Why should you regulate it? It's not a performance-enhancer. Just like Skittles. Just like Skittles. You can't have it both ways. So I thought that was an important issue to touch on, and I would hope that it would resonate with most Americans. States want to legalize it, let them vote. But let's be honest about it. Speaking of honesty, can you roll that Hillary Clinton clip real quick and then we'll close with this. Hillary Clinton was on CNN with Wolf Blitzer. She's exactly like her husband. She never answers a question honestly or straight. Let's roll this. A source of criticism oh. you received last night. This one from the New Jersey governor, Chris Christie. He said at the debate, you can't tell the American people the truth. Those are his words about your email, the whole controversy. He says you should be prosecuted for having a server in your basement. <laughs> he says with national security <laughs> secrets Hit, running laugh, through button. it. He says Russians, Hit, Chinese, laugh, 18 year olds could have hacked into your server. You, you, you think that was possible that they hacked into your server? There's no evidence of that. And again, this is, you know, this is overheated rhetoric, baseless charges, trying to somehow, you know, gain a footing uh, in the debate and in the primary. And it really doesn't deserve any comment. All right. That's what it is. Doesn't deserve any comment. Hey, Bill, what about the women who say you sexually assaulted them? Well, they don't want to crash in a plane. They won't talk about it anymore. No comment. Hey, Hillary Clinton, did you watch the Planned Parenthood videos? No comment. Hey, Hillary Clinton, what about the email server wipe? There's no evidence of that. No comment. That's what's going on right now. That's how the Clintons do things. They never answer. It depends on the definition of is. Let's not forget the dishonesty. It wasn't that Bill Clinton was raping people, though that likely happened. It wasn't that Bill Clinton was cheating on his wife multiple times. It was that he lied under oath multiple times about what happened when questioned. His wife does the same thing. A couple of liars, literally a couple of liars. Don't forget the enemy. Louder with Crowder. We'll hear you next week.